Hello, hello, and welcome to the Inglorious Bastards Podcast, where we talk about spirituality, news, and how to show your ID at the grocery store. <laughs> My name is Michael Basinger. With me are Matt Polly. Hey there. Brad Polly. What's up? Together we are the Inglorious Bastards. Hey. That was kind of quiet. No, sorry. Hold on. Whatever. Whatever. Do you guys, did you guys use your ID at the grocery store this week? No. I bought a plant for my wife, though. Did you have to present your ID? No, I didn't. Because I wasn't buying alcohol. Why were you asking that? that Donald Trump thinks you have to have an, oh, ID, God. an ID to go grocery shopping. He's Something never he's been never grocery done. Shopping. Yeah, That's ever. why. Hey, guys. I'm back. I'm back, guys. Thank God for that. Yeah. Looks like I picked the wrong week with amphetamines. Thank you. Good one. Yes, Michael, you play this every time. Yes. Yeah. Hey, so since since I know like last time when Brad fucked off. Are into you the done woods, now? No. All right. When Brad fucked off into the woods for a month, uh, we had a big event. And since I know you fuckers aren't gonna prepare anything for me, I Michael, prepared. You a, were gone a week. I prepared a musical number for myself for my triumphant return. God, so you're pathetic. Here we go. Oh, God. Hey guys. That's me. That's me, guys. They called him Michael. He came to love. I love you guys. I forgive you too. He lived and died. I died, but guess what? I'm back, bitches. What does he do? You're forgiven. That's me. Quit! Turn the goddamn thing off, Michael! Because I live, you can face tomorrow. Michael, in this bit. Because I live. All fear is gone. Michael, Okay, you've jumped the fucking shark six times already. Turn it off! Good Lord, you what serious right now? <laughs> just because he lives. You're welcome. What? My God. You're done. Like, what the hell was that? I'm back, bitches. Exactly. Hey, what are you drinking? Hey, hey. What the fuck just happened? I I can't even fathom. No way. This needs to be her. I can't can't even fucking fathom how long it took you to think of that bit. Uh, 15 minutes on the way here. That's how long it took. (laughs) Oh, so about the time it took to play that bit. That's great, buddy. That's that's, (laughs) welcome. About the time it's going to take people to fast forward through that goddamn uh, bullshit. You don't like Bill Gaither? No. Michael, <laughs> it would have been funny if you'd stopped after about 15 seconds. No. But it no, was, by God. because you were angry. By God. <laughs> and you you're gonna, still angry. You were going to play it all yeah. the way through no matter what. Uh, I didn't make it all the way through. It's like an 18-minute song. Okay. <laughs> what are we drinking? <laughs> 
I hate this podcast he so is, fucking he much. Is literally, <laughs> I triggered I, him. I fucking triggered him. I, I'm so tired. It didn't take much. And I'm, no, and I'm, I'm frustrated. And it's been a long week, and that's what you come up with. Did he again? <laughs> what are we drinking? We are Let's having about it. Um, Cardinal Spirits has canned two cocktails now. Nice, man. They're freaking delicious. We started um, with the uh, Maui Mule. Which is uh, grain neutral spirits, which is vodka, passion Ooh. fruit, and ginger, and certified colors. I don't know what that means. I don't either, don't but it's it. really fucking good. You sound you say colors weird. Um, colors. Yeah, you sound like, it sounds like you're saying collars. You do say collars. No, I'm just saying. I did. I've never noticed it before. Colors. Huh. Yeah. Laurel. Laurel. Certified colors. Huh. That's yeah, how I've always said it. Yeah, I've never noticed. It's fine. Well, how do you say it? Colors. Colors. With over, Colors. With, yeah. yeah. Colors. It doesn't fucking matter. Yeah. Uh, and then the uh, Bramble Mule, which is also green neutral spirits with raspberry, ginger, and hibiscus. It is delicious. They're Bramble, both of these they're Bramble Vodka. Oh, man. Their Bramble yeah. Vodka is fucking insane, Both of man. these were really, really good. If you, so, if you the, the whole idea, you make a Moscow Mule. Right. You just substitute the vodka for the bramble vodka. It yeah. is fucking delicious. I've had one. Or is it blackberry in that one? I think it in the bramble. Well, there's hibiscus in it, and yeah. it's, man, it's great. My wife actually likes the cardinal that spirits, shit and really, really good. They I make like good it. stuff, man. Yeah, I like man. it a lot. Yeah, they're uh, 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 Valencia. I want these it's orange schnapps. Want it, basically, like, is really fucking good. I just kind of want to. Um, Sit on a beach. I want to pound the With shit that. out of these. Some I do. beach. <laughs> They're only 6%. I mean, it's basically like a Mike's Hard, but really good. Yeah, kind of. Like it's in that vein, yeah. but it's not malt liquor. No, it's fucking Mike, Mike's Hard is way too sugary. I've, yeah, I, yeah. I, yeah. I used to drink that shit all the this time. You can I had one recently, and it's just like, it's, yeah. it's in that vein, though. Like it's that kind of that kind of thing. Something you can just, when yeah. it's hot, and you can sit back and pound it. It's so. what Mike's Hard should be. Yeah. But better. I've mixed those with gin before. Those are pretty good with gin. All right. Well, uh, this round is on the. I forget how to do my job here. This round is on the uh, <laughs> pastor's pub. Guy takes one week off. <laughs> do, you, do you want a, no. another song? Nope, I don't. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, if God. you'd like to buy us around, <laughs> go to Patreon. No, God, please, no. <laughs> no. no. Yes. Please. No. Go to patreoncom slash podcast. We offer exclusive episodes of. <laughs> Pastors Community Church Pub Crawl, all bunch of bunch of shit. We got a bunch of shit on there. Go check it out. We're doing a Cosmic Christ series right now. Um, by we, I mean Matt and Josh Casey. So check it out. Um, at any level, you can access the Pastors Pub. It's a close Facebook group where we talk about life, spirituality, and just about everything else. Things discussed in the pub this week: uh, Courtney Vrabel's Kentucky Bar Fight. Yeah. So. I ate three pieces of bread yesterday with it on there. And yeah, it was so I didn't get any. Fucking again. delicious. I didn't get any of that either. She no. gave it away to everybody else. Allegedly, she she gave one of you guys a pie for me. Did that happen? I have, Matt, three, I have three jars of it. You have what? three jars? No. Yeah. Neat. How's that? How's Thanks, that? Courtney. Thanks. What about a pie? You know what? She said if you will about promise never to play that fucking song again. No, 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 no. I'm not fucking kidding. I am not even joking. Sure, I will split one of those jars between you two. Sure. You're gonna oh, you're gonna give oh, us half a jar. Boy, are you oh, generous? What a sacrifice. Okay, last when she sent it that one time, who took it? You did. I did. Okay, and you took the other one. Well, so as long the, as we're keeping score, I yeah. fucking am. Of course, because I didn't get it so, last so time. We each get one, and you get three. Is that how that works? No, so there's that three works. of them total. 
Okay. I'm gonna did, did, she, did she give one of you guys a pie for me or something? I didn't no. know that, actually. Okay. She said she There was one pie I didn't even get. I didn't even get a piece of it. it got Thanks, Courtney. So. <laughs> Thanks for nothing. <laughs> also discussed Whatever. in the pub this week, uh, <laughs> teachers going back to school. A lot of teach- we have a lot of teachers We have a lot of pub. teachers in the pub. Yeah. yeah. Good luck. Good luck to all of you. God bless yeah, you. Yeah, man. Oh, May man. the yeah. force be with you. Um, bumpkin bowls. Did you guys see this? The, uh, the yeah, orange man, ass prints of that. infants inside bowls looking like pumpkins. Yeah. I, that's I mean, like I, some, that's something they would do at fucking Carmel. Yeah. <laughs> that's something that would happen uh, in the fucking suburbs. Yeah. That's uh, whatever. I mean, I, it's, yeah, whatever. whatever. Yeah. It's not any different than footprints, I guess, but like it's but just. But it's ass prints and a bowl that you're going to eat out of. It's a little weird. It doesn't have ass matter on it, Michael. They probably shellac the ass matter. You can't prove that. They shellac the ass matter. Yep. Uh, Alex Jones got banned from the internet. Good. Fuck him forever. Well, he did get banned from the internet. Well, more or less. Like all the... No, now did you see that their app is number four? Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. So still spewing that bullshit in life. But at least he's only... Well, No. Yeah. No. Let's... Let's delete him from the internet. Come on. Uh, Demi Lovato thanks God that she survived her overdose and for the yummy, yummy drugs. <laughs> hmm. uh, that last part I added. Yeah, in. I know you did. Yeah. I mean, whatever. I mean, <laughs> I, I, as long as she's alive, I guess. I mean, what if you want to attribute that to God? Fine. Uh, whatever. I, I, yeah. Yeah. Right. That's all I have to it's say. Not hurt, it's, she, it's not hurting anything. I, I'm not sure God had a lot to do with that. Maybe he did. She did. It did. I don't know. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. All right. Fat Pastors. Let's go. That's the original cut. Well, it's not the original. That's a much shorter version from the 15 non harmonica version. Yeah. I thought I'd bring it's it fine. back. It doesn't matter. He's in the wilderness somewhere in like yeah. fucking Alaska. He's not listening to this. Well, apparently not because I just texted him a while ago and he texted me back immediately. So. Oh, seriously? Yeah. Huh. So apparently he's still in contact range. Yeah. Um, He's what, not as deep in the bush as he what, was. Mm, well, well, that's mm. okay. Yep. All right, there it was. He's got bush. That's great. <laughs> okay. What do we? What do we? What do we have here? Oh yeah. Uh, okay, let's start with this one. Uh, so uh, Jason Fitzgerald, uh, uh, Fitz. Yeah. Putting on the Fitz. Yeah. Putting on the Fitz. Okay. Um, brought us. Will you stop grabbing the bag what? from me? You looked like you pointed God. it in my direction. I was going to take some dick bag. Um, God. No, it's a Boy, chip. You are bag. just in brought us <laughs> um, normal map mode. Today. Brought us, <laughs> shut up. Brought That's us, true. Um, shut up. Brought us, brought us a twelve pack of beer. Laurel. Yeah, where's um, the beer? We well, we have we have plenty of beer tonight. There's, what, it's what's from your point. He brought us. Uh, Matt, a tw- it'll all be gone next week. Don't worry. <laughs> a twelve pack of. <laughs> Why is Matt mad all the time? <laughs> I don't know. He brought us a twelve pack of Bull- from Boulevard Brewing yeah. Company, which is good. They're, yeah, they I've had their stuff. stuff. It's good. Yeah, and then he brought us four different bags of the Lay's. Uh, what are they? the Lay's? The it's weird the, Lay's. The way, yeah. yeah, whatever. The special lay, chips. The special right. chips. Yeah. So this one. Chips. <laughs> uh, so how are we rating these? Oh gosh. Uh, fuck, I don't know. I I don't know. Monsters from Young Frankenstein. What the monster? What? I've never seen that movie. Had, oh my god, are you serious? Yeah, Mel yeah, Brooks kind of sucks. No, I'm not, I'm not fucking doing. This no, with I'm you. not doing. I'm not doing this with you. Doing this with you. Blazing Saddles and Spaceballs are amazing. So I'm not doing this with you. So all right, all right. well, 
Peter Boyle. He played the monster in oh, Young okay. Frankenstein. Let's do Peter Boyle's. Uh, I actually right. did. Right. Uh, Young Frankenstein's not bad. Mm. What flavor is this? Fried pickles with ranch. Those are good. You get a little bit of everything there. 10 for yeah, 10 wood bang. Really? They're kind of... Really? A little underwhelming to me. Well, What'd you want them to be? I just... I, I don't know. He wanted a, a real pickle in his mouth. Who doesn't? Full pickle. Yeah. Squirting ranch gonna, everywhere. Gonna deep throat that pickle. Yeah. I freaking love those. Those yeah. are great. Yeah, you know, the more I eat, the better they get. <laughs> That's what she said. God. Wow. Hmm. Right. <laughs> <God>. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'll give those like a. I'm gonna go three and a half on those for yeah, now. I'll I'm gonna like, see what these other ones. I'll go being. three on those. I'll those give them a five. Uh, those are really damn. Like Actually, I'm going four. Those are damn good. Because mm-hmm. you do get the fried part of it. I wouldn't kick them out of bed. A little I've bit. Eaten, I've eaten enough fried pickles. I mean, you get I a little eat. bit of the batter. Yeah, they're fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're fine. A little bit of the batter. Why is that funny, Michael? <laughs> Because batter is like cum, and that's why he thinks it's funny. Jesus and Christ. Baby batter. That's nice. I don't, know, I don't know why people skip the first 45 minutes of this podcast. Half pint of throat yogurt. <laughs> Here you go, buddy. <laughs> these are uh, bacon wrapped jalapeno popper. Ooh. Yeah. Right. I'm excited about these, actually. It sounds like a ska name. Or No, not a ska name. A, a swing band name. Yeah, we're the bacon wrapped jalapeno poppers. Those are pretty dull. Those are actually underwhelming. The fried pickles. Yeah, look good. no. Now that I, I, yeah, those, those are, are man, like they're okay. Here's the problem with any bacon flavored chip. It just tastes like fake bacon flavor. Mm-hmm. It tastes like bacon's. Yes, it tastes like eating a handful of those bacon's mm-hmm. that you put on a salad. I mean, yeah, I don't. Know. I mean, I'm gonna eat that bag probably. But I wouldn't say I'm, I'm overwhelmed. Just slightly whelmed. I'm just, I'm just whelmed. Those are. There's nothing to those. No, there's really not. They're a little. I don't get any jalapeno. No. I don't get any. I get a little bit of bacon. That's bizarre. Yeah, that's pretty disappointing, actually. I give yeah. that a three. I, mean, I give like a one and a half. Those I mean, are I, shit. I'll eat the crap out of them because they're just chips. Yeah, they're I don't good. think they're, they're, they're good. not disgusting. They're good. No, chips. they're not disgusting. They're just, but they're just boring. not. There's they're nothing. Not, yeah. yeah they're Maybe I'll, I'll give them a two because I, I would probably eat them, but I would not buy them again. I'll go two and a half. They're fine. I mean,. <laughs> Brad's hurling chips. I'm hurling the chips back into the bag. Fuck you. <laughs> Not a fan. Pickle ones are good, though. Yeah. Made the pickle ones seem really, really good. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, let's go uh, into the news feed. All right. Let's do that. Lock up your fears. Dry all your tears. Refill your fears. We're headed into the news feed. Florida man. <laughs> yeah. So I was get it out week. of the way. You want me to go? Yeah. Sure. All right. Here, get those out of my way before I eat the whole damn bag. I'll put them over here where I'll eat the whole damn bag. Uh, people are getting plastic surgery to look like Snapchat filters. Uh, real? For real? Yeah. Well, it's from time.com. They're on side. Doctors are raising concerns. You got the new girls with low self esteem video. <laughs> Making it so their, their eyelids don't shut all the way anymore. They're big eyes. So they sleep with their eyes open. I just don't. Doctors are raising concerns about a new way social media may be messing with your self-esteem, something called Snapchat dysmorphia. An increasing number of patients are seeking out plastic surgery based on what they see in apps like Snapchat and Facetune. According to 
<laughs> face back cap. Um, according to three dermatologists <laughs> from Boston University School of Medicine and Boston Medical Center, a new phenomenon dubbed Snapchat dysmorphia has patients seeking out cosmetic surgery to look like filtered versions of themselves instead with fuller lips, bigger eyes, or a thinner nose. Hmm. This is it. an alarming trend because those so- filtered selfies often present an unattainable look. Nose? Yeah. Often, attain an un- often present an unattainable look and are blurring the line of reality and fantasy for these patients. Uh, that's in contrast to patients in the past who tend to seek inspiration from celebrities. I'm not sure that's better, but I'm going to look like myself only better. I mean, I want to look like Tom Cruise. Can I get that one with the with the flowers around my head? Yeah, I, I think that's a I, I just I, that's a. I mean, it's it's an interesting cultural study. The term sure. Snapchat dysmorphia is derived from the body dysmorphic disorder, which is characterized by obsession over perceived physical flaws, even those that may be invisible to others. Well, Snapchat dysmorphia, that's according to the Mayo Clinic, so that's, that's no shit. Um, while Snapchat dysmorphia is not a clinically diagnosable condition, the authors write that pursuing surgery for unrealistic facial changes could contribute to or exacerbate BDD. Representative from Snapchat did not immediately respond to Time's request for a comment. A spokesperson for Facetune, or Faceback, um, said in a statement that Facetune and Facetune 2, why are there two of them? Electric Pugaloo. Here's the question. Is Snapchat responsible for this shit? No. No. I don't think they are either. No. No. Uh, why, research, why should they have to answer for any of this? They shit? don't. They don't answer. No. I mean, they probably just want to comment. They don't have to answer for fucking anything. Snapchat dysmorphia may be a relatively new phenomenon, but other research suggests that social media and selfies are altering the way people view themselves. Yeah, well, that's, yeah. That's that's I remember shit. reading that the the new camera on the newer iPhones presents a more, uh, a less skewed version, of, a more perfect version of yourself. Jesus. Because the phones, like the ones we have now with like the single camera, like they have dual lenses mm. now. Yeah, mine has that. Yeah, the the you single ones you? present a more fish eye. No, I don't present a more fish eye. It's a little. It's a more right distorted version of yourself, just slightly. Um, and how this, it's just giving people unrealistic expectations of what you should look like. So I mean, it's the whole thing. It's the same thing with fucking Instagram and people facebooking their lives, and it's it's yeah. not reality. No, it's it's not reality. Yeah, the person you see. You know, we if could, you're, like, we probably should do an episode on this shit at some point, right? I think so. Yeah, Snapchat filters. Hills, hit us up. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> um, do you guys have Snapchat? I, no, no, I never do. I've tried twice, Snapchat. couldn't fucking figure yeah, it out. Yeah, I, I didn't for, see the point. I had it for a while, and I was just like, I don't get it. Like, I'm not know? sending. I'm not sending a fucking selfie. I'm 41. I'm yeah, not sending selfies either. to people. You should send me a selfie. I'm not sending selfie a day. Fucking anything. Oh wait, send me the pub. You'll send me a. You'll send me a picture of your own shit or a black dick. So I'm not sending you anything. I feel like intentionally. No, shut up. You miss those though. No, I don't. Slightly. Um, nope, I don't. It's been a while since I sent I you a picture. That, of my I love shit. that Michael has come back from a week off in full Matt troll mode. I just, like just full no on like. Fucking um. <laughs> Yeah, it's just, it's a really disturbing, it's just the whole, it goes back to the whole social media thing, that social media is not reality. No. Like, it's the, it's the, the propaganda version. Yes. Everybody's of, p- putting on a propaganda face. You're, you're, yep. It's your propaganda poster. Yes. Yeah. You know, if you're, if you're like a single male or a single female and you see these Instagrammed, Facebooked, Twittered versions of a person that you may be interested in, understand that person wakes up in the morning looking like a pile of like shit. shit with stinky breath yes and, yeah. dragon yeah. breath i mean mm-hmm. their hair's a mess there's no makeup it's or it's smeared everywhere yeah. or that's not reality like and so you can build some i mean it's it's essentially what porn does it gives you a totally messed up version of what a human being actually is so i just i don't know i thought that was 
interesting but disturbing at the same time. Yeah. So, I mean, I have a problem with the whole the whole plastic surgery thing unless there's like a <clears throat> I don't know, like a congenital thing or something you're born with that, that needs taken care of. I've got no problem with plastic surgery. I don't think surgery. I have a problem with I, it per se, other than just yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't maybe know it's maybe everything it's in why, moderation. Why are you doing it? Yeah, everything in moderation. I mean, if it makes you feel a little bit better, then that's fine. But if if you're doing it at the expense then the, of then the question is your where's, health. Where's the line? Yeah, on that? I mean, yeah, that's, at the expense of your health at the expense of you know your finances, like you know there are benefits like there are it, beneficial it, it plastic very, surgeries. There is, and there I mean there are, and there there are definitely. I think it opens up a can of worms, though, that it can become an addiction that's not easily controlled. Yeah, I think sure. the addiction part of it is, is, the, is the bad part. Sure. Yeah. All right. Uh, no, here's another one. From uh, inkedmag.com. So take that for whatever <laughs> Where your body comes first. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's fine. Uh, hey, vagina. Brother, can you pass those pickle chips? Yeah. Vagina-flavored hey, beer, guys. Uh, uh, who's here for it? God. Nope. Made from models v- vaginal yeast. Boy, the the the, the product that it's no one was asking for. Actual yeast or something that's synthetic no, vaginal no, 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 no. yeast. We have discovered a process of transmission of her essence, of her femininity, oh. her instincts by isolation of lactic acid bacteria from her vagina. Some I mean, the, word, the, the word itself makes some. There are people who are like, yeah, I can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, that's such a good sound bite. <laughs> it's so simple. Um, Michael wouldn't get that because it's from a Mel Brooks movie. Uh, oh, they made Mel Brooks. He yeah. made a movie. Anyway, the founder of this company, uh, Wojtek Man. We'll go with that. Explain. Wojtek Man. Quote, the secret of the beer lies in her vagina. As, Maybe she's born with it. I hate this company so much. As do most, most secrets. Um, using high-tech... Microbiology, we isolate, examine, and prepare lactic acid bacteria from the vagina of a unique woman. A unique. So each one has their own. If they don't call this beer Victoria's Secret, what are they doing? I know. The bacteria. I don't think I want to know her secrets. Becky's going to hit us up on this because I'm not going to pronounce it right. The bacteria, lactobacillus. Wasn't that the snake in Harry Potter? (laughs) Might want to get that checked out. It's blind bacteria. Yeah, it is. Um, and you have to stab it through the roof. And you can yeah, use it its fangs to stab horcruxes. Um, transfers women's features, allure, grace, glamour, and her instincts into beers and other products, turning them into no, turning them doesn't. into a dance with, with women's graces in their panties. Is that what we're, is that where we landed on that? I tend to think so, but maybe this not. is so goddamn stupid. I know. Man mm. continues, vaginal lactobacillus, the snake from Harry Potter, also symbolizes life and health and bring the beer as a tribute to this sacred process to the timeless harmony between a human and the bacteria. Blah, 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 blah. We wanted to make a pussy beer for fucking marketing purposes. End, end, end of story. We swab the inside of the Chamber of Secrets. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, there it is, the Chamber of Secrets. We've, we've got it. <laughs> yeah, I don't... I don't God, stop. Fucking stop yeah, with this I bullshit. Just, just make your goddamn beer out of normal shit. Yeah. And make it good. Well, it was the same thing. Have we had, we've had shit like this before. Didn't they make it out of like pubic belly hair. button lint? And, belly button lint, pubic hair. God, like none of this is necessary. Just make fucking beer and make yeah. it good. Yeah, I don't I don't get Ugh. it. I mean, I celebrate the, the sacred feminine. I celebrate women, whatever, and don't. 
I'm not drinking pussy beer. I'm just not. I feel like this society has gotten to the point where we're just everything's a corn ball. We're just corn baller. We're We're just just touching the corn baller. We're just bored. We're so yeah, fucking we're just, bored. I've said it before on this podcast a number of times. We live in the most bored society. And we're out of ideas. And I have an idea. I want to know what vaginas taste this, like. This came about. No, I know the, what a vagina tastes this like. This came I'm about. Not, I don't want it in a beer. Like, this came. I know what a vagina tastes like. This, this came about. It's called cunnilingus, Michael. Can no, we just, I know. Let's I be just, mature. It's just funny that you said it. I'm mar- I've been married for 20 years today, Michael. My anniversary is today. Thanks for saying happy anniversary. <laughs> fuck is that what are you doing know. oh yeah happy anniversary thanks uh happy 20 years today i've had sex with my wife before like at least i three don't times. really all right care um, to talk about it really you of all people okay all right so this, i mean this idea came about when a bunch of idiot meatheads were sitting around and they were drunk oh <sighs> We should make a beer out of pussy. That's a great idea, pussy beer. Yeah, man, let's fucking do that. That's yeah. how that came about. Yep. Yeah. Fuck this company. Yeah. I whatever. Com- I don't even know what company it is. And they're gonna um, sell dozens. Yeah, I just can't imagine people lining up to try that. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. Ten really? bucks says somebody sends us a case. No. Well, and it's not getting drunk by me. Nope. nope. So. It's gonna get poured right down the yeah. drain. Yep. So, all right, that's all I've got. Okay. Um, man impaled by a tree through the shoulder poses for pictures at hospital, jokingly tells doctors, I am Groot. <laughs> Dude. Definitely not a vampire. This is fucking crazy. You want to see the pictures? Uh, maybe. When I say a tree through oh the shoulder, God. a fucking tree through his shoulder. And I mean, that how thing does, has to be five inches in diameter. How did it not tear his arm off? I don't know. Holy Michael, shit. Michael, check that shit. Oh, yeah. Th- I've seen this before. Have you? Uh, a, a couple months ago, actually. Really? I this is a kind of older, older story, but yeah. Mm, that's no, nuts. I don't think it is. August 8th. Must be a different impalement. No, it's that dude. <laughs> okay, well, okay. this is from August 8th. Right. Anyway. <sighs> God damn it. It just ruins everything. <laughs> you so, just... You welcome, fuck welcome, everything. Welcome, welcome back, back, buddy. <laughs> Glad you're back. I'm just saying it's an older story. It isn't. All right. Um, okay. Belarusian pilot impaled by a tree. Uh, he crashed a homemade flying machine into a forest. That as one sounds does. legit. Uh, by comparing himself, he compared himself to the America, American comic book hero Groot. E- Ivan Krasuski, uh, 36, was cut free by rescuers after he crashed a paraglider near Olshani. Belarus, I'm sure that's exactly how you say it. Probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> he posed for photos at a nearby hospital with a huge log. Literally. It's literally a fucking yeah. log. Yeah. Still stuck in his shoulder. Here's the view from the backside. That's fucking insane. Jeez, the, man. Seriously, how and the he's fuck just like not... chilling there. Look, look at the side view. That is insane. Yeah. My God. It's, this guy is a badass. I mean, I mean unless to, he's just totally oh, in shock. Fudge. I'm looking at pictures now. Yeah. <laughs> they had to have whacked him out on shit. Like, well, he's got to be. This is him. He was stuck. They had to cut him out. Do you have the picture of him standing up? Mm. Jesus. Uh, you see the picture of him standing no, up? No, I don't have that. God, that is God, damn, pretty man. amazing. Yeah. yeah, it's amazing. I mean, it's literally a five inch diameter log through his shoulder. Yeah. Through it. That's like, not even, that's not exaggeration no. at all. <clears throat> wait, wait till we post this. 
Oh, um, so anyway, yeah, he uh, was joking around with the doctors, and he says, uh, "Ouch!" He just kind of laughed off the injury. He told reporters, "Like in ancient times, people were put on a stake. I was impaled." He said, I kept thinking, I fell softly. All is okay. I'll stand up and go. But then something holds me back. Oh, no fucking goddamn tree. I looked and it was a giant log there. I tore my shirt and there was a branch in my arm. Thick as a watermelon. It is. Totally. That's nuts, man. (laughs) Rescuers took Krasuski to the hospital with the tree still still inside him. After determining he would have bled to death if they attempted to remove oh, it yeah. the scene. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. It's it's a five inch, six inch hole. It's in his... pretty amazing. Wow. So, yeah. That's bonkers, man. Belarus. Some some tough, not some people. tough hombres no, in Belarus. Not people to fuck with. No. Jesus. Update that story is two months old. June God damn it. It's 3rd. August 8th. I'm looking. June 3rd. I got <clears throat> my, my article says June 3rd. I'm just saying. Mine right. does it. Well, so, I'm eat a dick. <laughs> God, so, I'm so, so glad he's back. So you know, I, I listened to a podcast, one of our past podcasts this week, when I interrupted his story to yes. the the guy, yeah. the guy yeah. who, the guy who, uh, his girlfriend sent a fake, yeah. fake rejection letter, and he ripped my fucking ass. No, because I cr- no, you fucking did because I listened to it two days ago. <laughs> I would like to say he's in rare form tonight. He is in totally top form for Michael. All right, go ahead. Go anymore, Brad. That's it. I'm good. He ripped my ass. Spend all your time. Whatever. (laughs) I already know what's coming. Can I? Do you want to tell my story that I'm here to tell? Do you want to know why me? Every fucking week. Do I need to move chairs? Is that the problem that you're looking at me? <laughs> Probably. It's because it's your face. of this. It's this reaction I'm gonna, every time. Because you give me exactly what I want every time. And it's so and, and Michael. Michael's in a perpetual state of second grade. And if you oh, give him the reaction so he wants. Homeschooled second grade. <laughs> I was not in homeschool for second grade. I went to public school for second grade. So eat me. And here's what I love. Bitch, I was slamming puppies by second grade. Here's what I love. <laughs> Let's hear it. Is it any time... I've been dealing with pedo-mat bullshit for a fucking month Why now. Why are you bringing it up any time, and You any always time, bring it up. And any time... If you go back and listen to our podcast, any time there's anything vaguely Michael-related... Nope, veto. I can't do that now. Very early We're not now. doing that. Michael's Whale Mouth is the only thing we've ever fucking done... And ever since then, you've been all butthurt about fucking anything we mention. Yet I get pedo Matt still to this day. You had it for like three weeks, and you mentioned it every the week best, since the, then. The best part is I'm the angry one. Yeah. Somehow. It, it's just, it's, the double standard is fucking baffling no, to me. No, it, it, it is real. Like, you, like, legit shit on me all the time. So, like, this is the one... Shot I have. This is where my to say whatever is. I want. I'm, I'm so gonna, gl- I'm so glad we recorded. I'm just gonna slink into the corner and God, fucking Michael. What twelve stories do you fucking have? God, <laughs> you're so angry. Oh God. Do you want to tell it? Do you want to tell it? You want to eat my ass? <laughs> no hard pass. Ooh, smell. All right. McDonald's is now selling a 48-piece McNugget 
bucket meal. Oh, I'd eat the shit out of that. 48 piece. 48 pieces. I could get I'd say one. next week we do one and see if we can get Well, it's only in we one in one country. Uh, um, okay, so we order 48 our, fucking our one, nuggets. Order five, ten pieces. And go get one of those cheap play buckets from Walmart. <laughs> it's to celebrate uh, the J-pop group NGT48. <laughs> Wasn't he in Star Wars? J-pop? J-pop. Japanese. Oh, I've heard of K-pop in Korea, yeah. but... This must be I'm assuming J-pop. it's the same thing. It's get better the more you eat them, actually, the bacon ones. These pickle ones are fucking amazing. Yeah, are I'm good. housing this bag. Yeah. Each bucket comes with a collectible uh, training card, meaning you have to wait, make your way through 25 buckets in order to get... Oh. Wait, what? <laughs> you have to get... If you want all the training cards, 20, you have to get through 25 buckets or 1,200 nuggets, assuming you don't get any doubles. Wow. Challenge accepted. I do like nuggets. Mm. It's a lot of nuggets, man. We could put we could put away fifty nuggets. Oh, easily. I, I bet we could do it in less than ten minutes without even trying. Oh yeah, yeah. I can do fifteen without even blinking. Well, Next week we don't. We buy forty eight nuggets. Uh, we've had nuggets on the show before. Yeah, but not forty eight. <laughs> no. Do we, we need forty eight? It's not a matter of needing, Michael. It's for the people. <laughs> the people are well. Okay. The people demanded. <laughs> if you want to to hear us, let us know online. I guess we can video it. Put it on Twitter. Of us housing 48 nuggets. Put it on Snapchat. Put our Snapchat filters on. Let's see if we can do it in less than five minutes. Ooh, boy, that's a... Five minutes? That's a lot the of The three gun. of us? No, that's like, what is that? 48 divided by three. That's not very much. That's 16. Yeah. Nuggets apiece. Oh, I, that's in less than five... Are you kidding me? That's not five even minutes. a challenge. Three minutes. How many nuggets a second is that? What's... Uh, so 180... Three minutes would be... Oops, that's not right. I hit times. What did we say? Three minutes? Three minutes. Divided divided. We by can do 48 nuggets in three minutes. In three minutes? You yeah. think so? Yeah. That's 11 a minute. Yeah. No, wait. That can't no, be right. that's not 11 a minute. 180 seconds. Yeah. I don't know. Fucking whatever. whatever. We could do it. Let's do it. <laughs> Let's do it. Yeah. I can't do math. Let's do it. Math is hard. Okay. Um, next. What do we got next? Um... Florida man uh, dumps <laughs> a porta potty waste. Ron Becker? In a 7-Eleven as revenge. Wait, wait, back up. What? Um, so Florida man is accused of dumping a bucket of human feces oh. and urine inside a St. Petersburg Same. 7-Eleven. Ew. Um, I was Stop. actually just near Peter, St. Petersburg. Um, I kind of wish you were this was, still there, buddy. This was not Not going to lie. <laughs> Eat a dick. Uh, so, <laughs> what is this? A criminal... Damien A. Sims, alleged actor. Of course, his name is Damien. <laughs> Criminal caca uh, happened early Wednesday, according to this Criminal movie. Criminal caca. Uh, mm. He apparently obtained the waste from portable Somebody toilet. Somebody has paid money to write that. Yep. Yeah. Splattered poop got on the straw hat and the do-rag. And a do-rag. Uh, <laughs> wait, 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 wait. On a do-rag. That's what it says. It says. Is it 1995? Splattered poop got on a straw hat in a do rag. This guy prison, Mike, with a total estimated <laughs> value of twenty eight dollars. Do they sell straw hats at Seven Eleven? Apparently, apparently in Florida they sell do rags. He is uh, forty one years old. <laughs> Matt Polly, forty one years old. Uh, so they they had him on surveillance video. So. Hmm. Seems like a special guy. Yes. Uh, he, he had been banned from the store in May, and this was 
viewed his, as an his actor revenge, revenge. Throwing shit everywhere like a wait, fucking chimpanzee. Wait until the Dementors get him in prison. <laughs> um, he was a second Harry Potter <laughs> reference. That's great. He was charged with trespass and criminal mischief, both misdemeanors. As of Friday, he was still in jail in lieu of a $300 bond. You can get so it. $300. He hasn't paid it. So <laughs> he's still Imagine in jail. That. A guy who throws his own fucking feces into a 7-Eleven doesn't have $300. Free Damien. Free Damien. Let's get, let's get t-shirts. The hero we can believe in. Free Damien. I think we found our hashtag, right? <laughs> yeah. I think it's going to be free Damien, right? Free uh, Damien. So, yep. He looks like a guy who would get a bucket of shit and toss it into 7-Eleven. Yeah, he sure does. He, he looks much. really torn up about it, yeah. too. He is he happy. Are you sure that's smile. not Martinsville's police and register? Like, he literally he, has a smile on his face and his mug shot. Yeah, he's happy. Yeah, through that shit. He's like, and I got away with it. He's getting free meals, man. Three square meals and <laughs> plenty of rec time. Yep. Plenty. Mm. Rectum. Probably have plenty yes. of rectum time, too, I'm guessing. <laughs> you really expect me to not push you up against the wall, Biatch? <laughs> <laughs> is that Brandon Andrews? Yeah. <laughs> um. yeah, well, yep. I'm thinking there's yeah, plenty of uh, sand volleyball action in prison. All right. All right. Uh, and then I just want to do a few. Bro, it's 9.15 and we're not even close to being done with this. All right. Please stop. Let me do, let me do a few shower thoughts because this is a new oh shower. Oh, my God. Uh, everyone thinks they're original until uh, they have to create a username. What is happening right now? What shower thoughts. Th- th- thoughts that you have, profound thoughts you have in the shower. Chicken nuggets and hot dogs are actually really advanced food. They take the parts of the animal that would normally be thrown out and turn them into good tasting meals. Wrong! <laughs> 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 Thank you. Wiping feces off of any other part of our body would just with, with just paper without washing would be just disgusting. Well, that's that's fair. That's probably fair. Yeah. God, Go, please, please get rid of that sound. Go I fund, hate it. GoFundMe is the uh, internet version of panhandling. Is this stuff that you thought? Of? No, this is not mine. This is this is on. Is this a BuzzFeed article, Michael? It feels no, like a BuzzFeed article. It's a Huffington Post article. That's oh, close well, enough. Well, Same thing. Well, close we, enough. I trust BuzzFeed more than I trust Huffington Post. I do too. In honor of Matt's uh, anniversary, a successful marriage uh, ends with watching the other person die. That's that's pretty true, actually. Hmm. Uh, During thunderstorms, humans are service animals to dogs. Great. Can we be done with this, please? It is 9.15. Once again, really, I have to work tomorrow. Quidditch seems a little play to win. God damn it. Please. Okay, that's all I got. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Wait, one more. No! When, <laughs> when cousins from both sides of the family meet, it's like a special crossover episode in your life. Is it? All right. This concludes into the newsfeed. 
does it? Of all the finally. newsfeed stories you have, that's what you brought to the table. I have more. You want to check no, 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 that's no. what I'm saying. So, of all the shit you keep on your computer, that's the one you. How chose. do you know what I have on my computer, I, Michael? You always have thirty stories on your. computer. I don't have thirty stories on my computer. You're wrong. It's okay. I've be been wrong. holding this one for four months now. No, I I used to do that. I don't do that anymore. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it's so angry right now. It's yes. palpable. <laughs> There's a, there's a little bit of bad energy going from one side of the table, and I'm not going to lie. I'm moving next week over there's here. A, I'm, I'd rather stare at you than him. Well, then it'll just be me ripping your shit every week. You know, one of these times, <laughs> I'm going to fucking walk off this fucking podcast, and I'm never coming back. That's not true. Uh, That's I'm very excited Absolutely right untrue. Yeah, so you say that. No, it's untrue. Yeah, keep pushing my buttons. It's fine. What button? Laurel. <laughs> this button? That was easy. God, please go to Foofy. Please. Anytime Michael talks. God. Are you going to do the intro? Oh, my gosh. You're really angry right now. What's going to Foofy, Michael? Oh, my God. Um, okay, so these pickle chips are awesome. By the they way, they are pretty good. Are you done? Yes. All right, Brendan, do you want to say his name? Kwiatkowski. Yeah, Kwiatkowski. Kwiatkowski. Yeah. Uh, Brendan Kwiatkowski is a secondary school teacher. Um, he has a master's in educational studies, special education, and is beginning his PhD in education at the University of Edinburgh. Edinburgh, Edinburgh. Uh, this fall. Um, he is also a husband and father who loves nature, bouldering, late night conversations, and music. Uh, his research focuses on masculinity. Brandon was recently featured on the Liturgist podcast episode titled Man. To find out more info about Brandon, um, you can check out his website, remasculate.org, and go to his Instagram at, at re.masculate. Uh, without further ado, let's go uh, further up, further in. Further up, further in, further up, further in. Yeah. All right, Brendan, are you there? You didn't yes, even I say am. his last name. <laughs> well, I was going. I was getting to it. I was oh my god, that's a good start. For our <laughs> listeners, we just fought about who was going to say it because I didn't want to <laughs> say his last name, and and Brad's like, "I'll do it." And then well, he I'm totally going to. Yeah, we, how do you we say have it? tonight Brendan Kwiatkowski. That's pretty. That's better than most of my students. There you so go. That's good. Yeah. See, <laughs> I got a. I got like a solid A minus on that. I would have said Kwiatkowski. How, how was that? That's actually, that's better. Yeah. Yeah. Well, take that. Yeah. Well, it only took you nine tries. So <laughs> well, congratulations. Practice makes perfect. <laughs> so uh, Brendan is. Um, he, this is a new series we're starting called um, the Foam Series: Friends of Hillary McBride. <laughs> So. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> so you're you're guest friend. number one on that yeah. series. You never, don't let us down. This may be a it's, very quick series. It's a short series, though. So one off. Yeah. So our, our mutual friend, uh, Hillary McBride, uh, recommended that you come on our show and to talk about your research 
And uh, when Hillary tells us to do things, we listen. So Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Mainly because she terrifies us. Well, <laughs> a little know. column A. Mainly because she's smarter than all three of us yes, combined. Yes. So. <laughs> a lot of column B. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, um, no, she's a pretty spectacular human being, that's she for sure. Really yes, is. for she sure. Yes. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and kind of what what you do? Yeah, so I'm 28 years old. I've been a high school teacher for five years, and I'm taking a hiatus on that right now and going to Scotland, Edinburgh, in less than a month to do my PhD in education, focusing on emotional issues relating to male adolescence. Huh, that's awesome. Are you going to the University of Glasgow? No, University of Edinburgh. Oh, and you said Edinburgh. Yeah. Well, I was thinking Glasgow. We had a friend that we had two friends that got doctorates in Glasgow. So, oh, that's okay. I was thinking that. I hear the accent there is hard, much harder to understand. Really, Glasgow. Yeah, huh. more of a working town from what I know. Uh, okay, so. those are generally more harsh accents yeah. and things. Yeah. So, why get into um, into education? I'm curious. Uh, into education specifically? Yeah, you said you were a teacher. Yes. I think it, for me, I wasn't one of those kids that knew what they wanted to be when they were really young. I wanted to be a paleontologist, actually. Oh, my son so, does, too. I'm not a paleontologist. And, <laughs> did you say your son? Oh, my son, is he knows more about dinosaurs than I've ever known, and he's five. Uh-huh. So it's That's crazy. so awesome. And so I just, I wanted to, my dad always told me it's easier to steer a car when it's moving. And so when I went to university, I was like, I'm just going to go for education because I worked at a summer camp growing up. I generally thought kids were okay. And, <laughs> and I, like, I like learning. I like uh, flexibility. And, and so I just kept every year at university, kept on doing more practicums. And I was like, oh, yeah, this fits more and more and more. And so it's a, yeah, it's a great age group. I love engaging in ideas and Every year, it's like kind of a fresh start. And yeah, I, I honestly love being a high school teacher. So it's kind of sad to let that go. Sure. But, uh. Yeah. I imagine like you get you there's there's an attachment there. We've all three of us have worked in like youth ministry. So having yeah, a lot of parallels, kids that, sure. that move on and yeah, and us moving on. And yeah, you know, it's yes. Sometimes. Easy to be getting nostalgic or stay yeah. nostalgic. Sometimes. Yeah, yeah absolutely. For sure. Um, so tell us a little bit about your your research. And um, yeah, tell us about your research. Yeah, so it, it came out of like quite a few aspects of my life, I'd say, of why am I focusing on on males' emotions. I, I've told some people of what I'm doing or when they ask, usually an older generation, and they kind of jokingly slash not jokingly are like, <laughs> oh, males have emotions like what what's in that topic yeah and so uh it's it's an important topic to me for multiple reasons uh one i grew up always feeling like there was this emotional part of myself that i wanted to explore more or i wanted to share more i felt like there was a part of me that i couldn't necessarily around my guy friends as much as around females or specifically i remember a time um, in Prince George, it's like 10 hours north in BC. Heard about um, it in kinda... Anna Green Gables. <laughs> yeah, not Anna Green Gables. Um, so 
I just remember like they they, they reference it. Yeah, I got you. Yeah. Let him talk. They're making faces at Shut me. Shut up, Michael. Go ahead. I'm just surprised you know Anne of Green Gables. Yeah. Man, I'm watching Anne with with an with an E right now. Oh, I was, it's solid. I enjoy it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I remember with my uncles one time, um, they were all like snowmobiling, and I generally like snowmobiling as well. But they would just like sit around talk about machinery for a really long time, and like <laughs> kind of the typical guy thing, like you you kick it. <laughs> car tire and be like oh yeah that's a good inflated tire (laughs) i remember just enjoying my aunts inside the house and the conversation that would happen there and that was like the first time i really picked up on like i like the outdoors stuff but i also way prefer the conversation and so that's kind of like my reflection now that i'm in this research is looking back being like oh there was this an emotional need or an emotional longing that wasn't totally met and i've struggled throughout my life kind of figuring out what that was and I think that scripting around masculinity had a huge part in that and then there's other huge events in my life that uh, I'd say one pretty um, I don't know if you need to do a trigger alert but one of my favorite students in my first year teaching uh, committed suicide Um, and that was and it's not I'm not saying that his gender played a specific role in his suicide, but the statistics show like conservatively males are four to some studies, so seven times more likely to commit suicide than females. And that gender disproportion starts at the age around grade six, and that's around the age where their emotional language becomes more restricted. And so you could say that's coincidence, um, but there's lots of research that connects that if you restrict your emotional expression, you're going to have a lot more negative psychological outcomes and suicide being probably the ultimate manifestation of those negative outcomes. And so, yeah, that that's obviously a major reason that I f- find this topic important more than just interesting, because mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of spe- like, I don't like doing competitions between boys and girls of who's suffering more or who's worse off. But there are a lot of boys that need a place to talk. Yes. A lot of men yep. need a place to talk. I found therapy at the age of 41, <laughs> six mm. months ago. And that's opened up a whole new realm of emotion I didn't know existed for me. So I totally I totally get that. Um, good, good on you for doing that. It's it's hard like to actually... There's a lot of resistance, I think, that we're taught or there's a lot of resistance just going to counseling in general. So I'm yeah. super stoked to hear. That. Yeah, there is. And you know, it's interesting. I talked to my last therapy session. Here's a little inside look into my therapy sessions. Um, I, I kind of asked my therapist, you know, is there all the, all the emotional stuff? Like, I mean, it's not like I never cried or I never displayed emotion, but most of the predominant emotion was just anger. Yes. And when I discovered that there are other emotions besides <laughs> anger that, that wanted to, to, to sort of get out of me, um, I didn't know my confusion was whether to analyze them and discover where they're coming from or simply to sit in the midst of them until that emotion was done. Hmm. It was, it was an interesting conversation. I don't know really, we really ever landed on anything most more than just be in that moment Hmm. um, and and sort of come back to it maybe and process through it. It sounds like both of those options are actually really healthy options. And I think there'd be various times for either, like sometimes you need to analyze them and where is this coming from? And sometimes you just need to experience it. Yeah. And so I, yeah, those seem like super both health, healthy 
options for you. Yeah, and I think I think that's kind of where we ended up landing mostly. So I, I do have a question. You mentioned you know scripts for males. What are some of the predominant scripts that males are given as they grow up? Well, yeah, this brings up a huge topic because whenever you talk about gender, you get so many controversial uh, feedback, I guess. Or not maybe yeah. the feedback's not controversial, but definitely the response to this topic is very yep. highly debated. And so there's some people view there's an attack on masculinity right now. Yep. And I I do understand um, why where people are coming from. And so there's when we talk about masculinity, I just want to be clear that there's it's it's definitely my belief that there is definitely toxic elements of masculinity that do need to be repaired and changed. And masculinity in and of itself, even if it is a script, it's not necessarily inherently harmful. And there are some really positive aspects that are commonly associated with masculinity. And so I find that the word like very common nowadays is toxic masculinity. Yeah. yeah. And in any of my conversations, especially because I'm trying to basically work with teenage boys for the most part, uh, that's not really a term that's going to have a lot of holding or staying power. They don't really understand what that means. And if they do understand, they just know that that's generally a negative thing. Yeah. And so I find the terms way better is a mature masculinity and an immature masculinity. Oh, that's good. Because I find that it has more inherent, like people just make, people just seem to understand that a lot more and they're not able to separate toxic masculinity from masculinity in general. And so, yeah. I'm not sure. Like, what's the first thing that comes to mind when you think of mature masculinity or immature masculinity? Does that seem to be a good term for you? I, yeah, I those... think when I, first thing that comes to mind when I hear immature masculinity is Donald Trump. <laughs> he got <laughs> he got his mention this week. No, I mean, honest to God, <laughs> yeah, no. like that is his. Immature, I think it's truck nuts. Well, well, but Donald Trump is like the human truck nuts. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> do you know what truck nuts? Do they have those in Canada? I think. It's it's like the, a, yeah, I know, it's I know just what they giant are. metal balls that hang from the back of a truck. It's swim. Yeah, yes. yeah. Swim. definitely yeah. not popular. But well, yeah. well, well they should, they are should here. come to Indiana. Yeah. Um, it might be illegal. Uh, <laughs> they should be. Actually, you should probably shouldn't come to Indiana. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think of him. And I think I think when you, you talked, you mentioned just a, a couple minutes ago about the people believing there's like an attack on masculinity. I think him being that's one of the reasons he got elected like i think there was this massive backlash of people that i mean you hear it all the time well he's just he's an alpha male or it's like really like that guy like of all people you would choose as like an alpha or whatever you know you hear all these weird terms um associated with him and people like him but it's just this bravado that you know is doing nothing but just masking insecurity like if you really look at it and mm-hmm. you listen to him talk, you just go, that is the most deeply insecure human being I've ever seen. But it yeah. comes out as this sort of machismo, you know, I grabbed her by the pussy. I, you know what I mean? Like all of this yeah. stupid bullshit. Yeah. I'm, I'm um, going to stand up to X. I'm going to stand up to Y. I'm going to do you know, this. I, I'm going to bomb of, this. I'm I gonna... think of, you know, guys telling their sons, don't cry like a girl. Rub some dirt on rub it. Rub some dirt on it. Walk mm-hmm. it off. Walk it off. Like ignore you know, your emotions. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's the first. Be a man. Yeah, that's the first mm-hmm. stuff that comes to mind for me. Yeah. And yeah, I know that that totally fits into my definition of those of mature and immature masculinity. I didn't 
totally come up with these terms, but the definitions I'm still working on. But let me know if this fits. Um, I think at its core, mature masculinity is empowering of self and others. Hmm. And immature masculinity is restrictive on self and others. And so one of the major, you're talking about Donald Trump, um, but just in general, people who often present um, as very uh, powerful in a sense, um, I would say that the immature masculine is afraid of weakness, whereas the mature masculine is aware of their weaknesses mm. and not afraid and embraces that in a vulnerable type of way. Yeah, and I yeah, think yeah. I think along those lines, I think it, you know, a mature masculinity would be somebody who's willing to accept criticism for mm-hmm. some some fault in their in how they approach the world. Yeah, and willing to grow out of that. I mean, that's something yes. that that's something that I was probably not necessarily able to do, ready to do, capable of doing, willing to do, whatever the, I mean, probably all of those at the same time, until I went to therapy and discovered that, no, 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 there's, there's things I have to do, and so I need to accept the criticism from my wife, I need to accept the criticism from my friends who say you need to get, there's some things you need to work on. Mm. Um, and I think mature masculinity says, okay, I've got these issues I need to deal with, I'm going to take whatever route or roots are needed to get those things fixed and to make those changes so that I can grow into something more mature and, um, in a sense, become more masculine in that respect. Uh, it's owning your shit. That's yeah. what it is. It's owning everything that you are about yourself. It's, it's being honest about, you know, how you feel, being in touch with your feelings, owning the sense of betrayal, sense of... Exploring um, the shadows. Fear. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, I'm just thinking off the top of my head, like owning your shit, but in community. Yeah. Yes. Because that is the common narrative is that you need to do things alone by yourself. Yeah. Whereas we need to be yeah, held responsible. And it's not like we, we're saying all of this as mature masculine, but if you really were to unpack it and if someone was to ask me like, well, do you think the mature feminine wouldn't be those things? I'd say, no, there's actually a, a ton of overlap. Cause I think the mature masculine embraces and is not afraid of the feminine yep. yeah. as well. Oh, what is, what is viewed as the feminine. And so I find in this whole conversation, and maybe this is controversial, but I find as a guy growing up that I find the term mature masculine to actually be very empowering to me in the sense that why do we have scripts in general? Why do we even use the term masculine Mm -hmm. and feminine? And I find that just like anything else, we might pretend or like to believe we lived objectively or factually, but really it's stories and narratives that add meaning to our life and help us make sense of the world. And so mature masculinity is a narrative that I can cling to in a way that is empowering of others and not restrictive. And so that's why I still like using the term masculinity and not, and not saying masculinity is bad or let's get rid of these terms, masculinity and femininity. Let's let's reclaim those terms. Yeah, I don't even know if they've ever been fully real. Like, yeah, no. Yeah, I do want to reclaim them, I guess. Um, but I don't know if we, like, I guess, yeah, full masculinity and full femininity, I think, is full humanity. Yeah. And so, yeah. so yeah, I, I guess reclaim. I've had some pushback about that word as well, so I'm not sure what's coming up for me. But I'll, maybe I'll <laughs> do that in my own counseling, figure out why I don't like that word. Um, you know, and I think another along the the, the mature masculinity thing. I think it's it's being willing to explore your emotions and being able to explore the more traditional 
what are more traditionally viewed as feminine instincts, feminine characteristics mm-hmm. as a male, because we all have, I mean, we've talked about this before. We did an episode on, uh, what was it called? Be a man or don't be a man. Or, yeah. Something like something that. like that. Yeah. Where we talked oh, about, listen to that. Yeah. We talked about some of this kind of stuff, you know, the whole, you know, there's all these commercials up here about what, what's the, about testosterone, low T, get your T checked and take this, Something about like gel combination and, of powder puffs and all this yeah. bullshit. Yeah. And and hmm. I think that mature masculinity is willing to explore those areas and say, no, 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 there's part of me that's and I think we even talked about this that Michael, you you tend to lean not lean more that's not the way I say it. How am I trying to say it? You don't lean more feminine, but you you do have some feminine tendencies. Yeah. Tra- traditional feminine I'm tendencies. I'm just not I'm just not uh I I've never been super, super macho. Like, right. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't either. I mean, I, you would, you can attest this. Yeah. I was of the two of us growing up, I was the crier. Yeah. And have never had any issue crying. Um, but I was interestingly enough, you know, I was raised as a sports guy. Yeah. As Mm -hmm. a, you know, dad coaching us in little league, I'd same slide and get, uh, you know, a burn or a cut or whatever. And I would be like crying. He's, and dad wasn't like a, he wasn't overly no. I mean, it wasn't, wasn't machismo. Yeah, it wasn't anything yeah. like that. But you know, still growing up with this idea, you'd be like, you know, you're fine. Walk it off. Stop crying or whatever. You know, mm-hmm. you don't cry. There's no crying in baseball. You know, whatever it might be. <laughs> like, um, and but I I've always felt a, like my best friends growing up were women were girls. Mm. Yeah. Um, I've always felt more comfortable around, and women. I have too. Interestingly enough, and it's just, yeah. it, and I, I, it took me a long time to sort of realize, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was never like a, I mean, I guess for lack of a better phrase, like just a walking boner. Like <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, but just this idea of like, amazing this, years. You're still a dick. Well, oh, that's really that's that's nice, but that's great. Good contribution. <laughs> yeah, you're um, but like you know, I, I just never, I just never felt comfortable it, kind of like what you said like i never felt comfortable around the campfire you know talking about cars and talking about like it's just i don't yeah. know man it's just really weird mm-hmm. i'm just never i i feel I, I that really resonated me with, with me when you were talking about how you were how you felt growing up is a, a lot of how i felt yeah it totally sounds very similar and i think that's a really normal experience even if people aren't even as in touch with that emotional need because boys in general are cut off from knowing what their emotional needs are. And I forget which one of you said that you're 41 and you found counseling me because you didn't really know what emotions were. Yeah. Right. And that's exactly like in my master's research in my study that I did, that is like the vast story that all of my participants experienced that they had no clue what their emotions were. They, like they knew what anger were, they knew what happiness was. And that was pretty much the limitations of it. And so if we view, first of all, you have to believe that emotional intelligence is important in order to buy most things that I'm saying. Yeah. But if you view emotional intelligence as important, you have to realize that this is a skill like any other skill and it gets trained from a very young age. And if males are, they have less social situations that help them grow emotionally, just like one, one, the one you just shared that you felt always more comfortable with females is because they've had that socialization to know how to talk more about emotional things yep. than most males. And so we need to, yeah, we need to train and grow in these skills ourselves and train our sons to grow in these skills as well too. 
So let's let's talk a little bit about your your research. What were you hoping to learn? What did you learn through mm. through that? And maybe, maybe you haven't quite wrapped your your head around it yet. But where are you at with it? Okay, and I'm gonna actually first you some you asked me a question about what am I talking about masculinity, and then I went on this side rail to do all these <laughs> um, qualifications <laughs> about how there's good aspects and negative aspects. Yes. Well, here are the here are the negative aspects I'm talking about when I talk about um, immature masculinity. And so it's from a psychologist, Ronald Levant, um, his definition, he was the head of the APA association. Um, it's seven main tenets. The requirement to avoid all things feminine, the injunction to restrict one's emotional life, the emphasis on toughness and aggression, the injunction to be self-reliant, the emphasis on achieving status above all else, non-relational, objectifying attitudes towards sexuality, and fear and hatred of homosexuals. Hmm. So those are the, those are the definitely the negative, negative, harmful ones that I'm talking about when yeah. I talk about immature masculinity. Sounds like the entire community we live in. Yep. Yep. Sure does. Yeah. Pretty much. Wow. Yeah. It's like a cesspool of toxic masculinity. <laughs> it really is. Like guys yeah. with huge trucks with loud mufflers. Truck nuts or the big smokestacks. Yeah, and like, I mean, yeah. like just all that. We're surrounded by it. That sort of yep, fake bravado type stuff. Yeah, yeah. And then you think, chant like I'm totally generalizing, but chances are they probably watch sports. They probably get drunk, and that's a chance for them to be emotional. Yes. And uh, yep. And then maybe their softer side comes up, or some side, and yeah, I, it's, it's hard to. Th- to think about the current state of a lot of North Americans and not feel like there's there's so much loneliness and isolation mm-hmm. that if they were in touch with it, it would probably freak them the hell out, which is why they don't want to get in touch with it. Yep. Yeah. Because the emptiness is probably pretty significant. Hmm. Man. All right. Uh, yeah. Sorry. I, no worries. Oh, research. You're fine. So I background i did i i led a social emotional intervention for grade 11 boys diagnosed with behavioral needs so this is a year-long intervention the first semester do you have semesters down there yes yes, yes. okay so the first semester uh, was me and my friend who's a, also a school counselor uh we led these sessions we created and led these sessions kind of like conflict management a lot of training what are emotions um how to be assertive without having to fight someone or without having to be seen as a pussy. Cause that most of these boys in my study, like one of them got expelled before we could even start the study. Um, there was like probably three suspensions throughout the study. And one person unfortunately got expelled near the end of the study. Um, so these are the, your typical bad boys per se, but I yeah. want to be clear. I don't view them as bad yeah. their behavior. Behaviors are bad right. at times. Um, and so, yeah, they'd, they'd light themselves on fire at lunch and jump into <laughs> school's neighbor's pool. Uh, wow. That's kind of a little bit of the glimpse of these boys. They, they all bonded over having multiple posters in their bedrooms that keep on changing depending on where they've most recently punched a hole through the wall. <laughs> and so aggression is something that they know yeah. quite well. And... The main thing I was hoping to do, I measured, I measured a couple of things qualitatively and quantitatively. I measured if their levels of restricted 
emotionality change from the beginning to the end of the semester? Meaning, were they able to more understand? Were they better able to understand and express their emotions? Um, were they better able to un understand and express um, feelings of vulnerability towards males? And did they have less conflict in work, school, and family life? And so statistically speaking, the only one that got significant improvement was their levels of restricted emotionality. So they became less restricted emotionally mm. by the end of the intervention. Uh, and then if I were to analyze the other ones of why did their feelings of like, so I assessed their levels of comfort with like, can you tell your friend that you love them? Can you, can you give your guy friend a hug? Like that was some of the kind of the questions on those things. And I think a lot of them by the end talked about like, oh yeah, I am uncomfortable with this. And so they started to realize, oh yeah, I guess there's so much about myself or how I express myself that like, oh yeah, I'm not actually okay with that. Because one of the boys revealed in the ex interview, he's like, I never thought my friends were lacking in any way, but I realized that I wish I had friends that I could talk emotionally about or um, talk about emotional things with. And he realized, oh, yeah, my friends don't do that for me. But I think if we realized how many other males are in that same zone yeah. instead of posturing and trying to get the biggest truck and try to prove our manliness rather than just step into our mature masculinity, then... I think we'd all find ourselves on quite common ground, but it's hard to be vulnerable yeah, with males. Yeah. Even at, like even me, I go to counseling as well, and I have lots of male friends. And I'm doing this topic. I feel like a hypocrite sometimes because sometimes it's is hard to be emotionally vulnerable with males. Yeah. Hmm. Um, I, I'd like to talk a little bit about. So you have a uh, uh, an Instagram re dot masculate uh, dot or, or yeah, re.masculate is your Instagram. Actually, let's, let's go to remasculate your websites, remasculate.org. Can you talk a little bit about uh, what that word means to you and what the, the working definition is? Yeah, for sure. So the origin of the word is, was with me and my friends. Um, we're kind of brainstorming some kind of catchy words or ideas. And it's, so the word remasculate, it's a play on the word emasculate. And so I'm sure we can all imagine when you've ever heard emasculate in your life, chances are it's probably been in, it's probably viewed as a negative experience. So emasculate means to deprive a man of his male identity and getting in touch with your emotions, getting connected to more vulnerability or what is deemed as sensitivity is often viewed by society as an emasculating experience. Mm -hmm. And in my research, working with these 16-year-old boys in my own life and basically in all the researches out there, is that when you get more fully in touch with your emotional selves, that's anything but an emasculating or a weakening process. You're being remasculated. It's a strengthening by broadening your concept and your box of what being a man is about. You are, you're getting stronger in that sense. And so that's what the word remasculate or what that came from. And essentially, there's the three most harmful messages given to boys about masculinity. That's to be emotionally stoic, mm -hmm. sp specifically suppress fear and sadness. Yeah. Be 
autonomous, do it yourself, or be tough, meaning uh, control others through domination or aggression. And those have the most significant negative psychological health outcomes, like less likely to form long-lasting or significant relationships, uh, less likely even to have good jobs and to work well as a team or to be a leader. So there's tons of negative outcomes for these three messages. And so remasculate the mission or what I view the mission of it is, is to counteract those three most harmful messages. So I want men to connect more with what their emotions are, to understand their emotions. I want to connect males to others and connect males to a deeper concept of what it means to be a man, not in a restricting type of way. What are some uh, practical, is there, is it education or is it, uh, are there some, some practices that can be put into place to, to help uh, open ourselves up to those kind of that relationship, I guess? Yeah, I guess so because I'm deeply involved in education. So a lot of what I imagine and what I hope that my future path intersects with is in the educational system. Uh, because schools are, research shows that schools um, are structures that tend to enforce and re- reinforce gender roles and gender stereotypes. Yeah. And the, which is what, the male crisis, there's a couple male crises, and that's when males get cut off from themselves, get basically disembodied. Mm. It happens actually younger for boys than for girls. Girls is around puberty. Um, that's kind of when girls the societal norms and societal expectations on girls becomes quite oppressive. And for boys, that's around age five is the male crisis. And that's no coincidence. That's when school starts as well. You get separated between boys and girls um, so frequently. And in and of itself, it's not bad, but there's so many, there's so many examples I know from my own, what I've witnessed in high schools of, of just gender stereotypes that are so like just comments like, oh, you're a disgrace to your gender because you're talking like girls, just for boys who talk too much. Like, why do we have to bring gender into this so much about behavior? And sorry, I lost my train of thought of where I was going with that. (laughs) No worries. Um, What was your question again? I don't remember. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, So so what are some practices? Oh, yes. Is it it education or is it, um, are we doing trust falls? What are we... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so it's like I one thing like there's a lot of things on the ground level. Like we need to have programs and curriculum designed to focus on emotional and social skills. Okay. Um yeah, if we view like like I said earlier, you don't expect someone in math who's only done math eight to all of a sudden be able to do calculus if you haven't trained them all the levels leading up to calculus. Right. In the same ways, you can't expect someone to graduate and be a contributing member of society and be emotionally attuned to people around them yeah. to be emotionally healthy in the workplace or anywhere in their family life without training them ahead of time. And so ideally, I think families would function largely that way. That's but, interesting. That's really interesting. I, I think of... Um, you know, just how as a society we are getting uh, less and less connected in a in a face to face manner to where, um, 
I think I think you know, fifty years ago, we probably needed to have this conversation, but I think it's even more important now. Whenever we have less face to face interactions, of how we communicate and express emotions, I, I feel like we're getting so disconnected as a as a as humanity. I guess if that makes sense. Oh, definitely. Well, yeah, that actually reminded me of a story that because we are so disconnected, when like, for instance, I myself would classify myself, especially growing up, as being way more emotionally sensitive than most of my other male friends. And it's a pretty low bar when I look back <laughs> of like, oh, I am I actually can sometimes cry like about emotional things. Um, and so that makes me, oh, I'm like, my job here is done. I am emotionally sensitive. All right, women out there, you know that I'm a healthy, emotionally sensitive person. Yeah. It's kind of my thought. And fortunately, I did marry a psychologist. Uh, oh, sorry, psychotherapist. Uh, she doesn't have her PhD. Um, which is, sorry, that sounded like a dig against her. I just <laughs> Take that. No, not at all. No, she is the most, she's someone who I would say is one of the most emotionally intelligent people I know. And it made me realize, oh, emotional intelligence is actually a thing. Yeah. And I remember yeah. one thing that she said to me, um, is that I, so I thought I was emotionally sensitive because I could cry from time to time. I wasn't afraid to cry. <laughs> yeah. And then she said, what if crying was just the start of you entering and processing through your emotion instead of the end of your emotion? Because yeah. I thought I would cry and then, oh, I'm done. But it's like, she, she challenged me, you haven't actually processed in a healthy way of what actually came up and why yeah. to prevent that in the future. And so that was just a really quick reframe that your story reminded me of because it's easy to compare yourself to others if you are slightly more emotionally sensitive than yeah. most men, but we all should be trying to grow ourselves as best as we can. Yeah. So yeah. What, I mean, what would you say to, let's say any listener that, is I mean I'm sure with as many listeners as we have we'll probably have somebody like screaming at the radio at this point like what if what's wrong if I want to uh you know I want to teach my son to hunt I want to teach my son to build a fire with two fucking sticks I want to teach my son to be a man like mm-hmm. I, how how would you respond to that well I don't think any of those things are inherently wrong I if I can tell you a short story that I think yep. might might cap encapsulate this is when you look at the three most harmful messages I mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. be autonomous, be emotionally stoic and be tough. Those three things are actually quite advantageous to have at specific times. The problem becomes when they're super rigid. And so around a year ago, my wife and I were going out for a walk and to a river and I saw this rat on the, on the ground, on the pavement that was, most of its organs were outside of its body, but yet it was still very much alive. Oh, oh that's so, unfortunate. Yeah, it was a really weird situation. I was like, what's this rat doing? It was slightly moving. And and it's, I actually really like rats for some weird reason. It wasn't like a, it wasn't not like I, I never owned one, but it wasn't like a gross rat. It was just like, I don't know. It Splinter was, had a huge effect on your life. Who did? Splinter from Ninja Turtles. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. And not so much. I don't. 
<laughs> so so anyway, he's Canadian. I'm just sure Splinter made that far. I'm, I'm sure Splinter God, made it that far. So I know Splinter. I know Splinter. Okay, good. <laughs> but uh, so there's this rat that is obviously in pain. As most of his organs are outside, but still very much alive. And there's two guys smoking a joint like 10 meters away. And I was like, what happened? Do you see what happened? And they're like, yeah, like it's the craziest thing. <laughs> it sounds like it's like them on high story, but I have no reason to not believe their story. But they're like, like half an hour ago, um, it fell from the sky and it like fell from a bird. A bird had picked it up oh. and it had fallen from a bird and it's just been lying there. And they said in the last half hour, it's moved 10 meters. Wow. And so at the time I'm thinking, okay, why did you guys not kill it in the last 30 minutes? And so it, it was never going to survive. And in that time, like my wife wanted it to die, but she doesn't not, not like killing things. And so I had, I smashed his head with a rock, long story short. <laughs> and that I think is a good example of the mature masculine. It's like, you need to be emotionally stoked at times. If I just went into like a weepy I'm so sorry for this rat that wouldn't be helpful to the rat at all at that time um I think the most merciful thing to do was to kill it and actually I got slightly emotional after killing it I don't like killing lives but for the example of hunting um I think there's so many valuable teaching lessons to teach in hunting and so I don't want your angry listener on the phone to be like well being a man like what? Like I, I don't want to get rid of my guns or do all these things. You should probably say, get rid of your guns, though. <laughs> just, just saying. <laughs> we have a bit yeah, of a problem no, I, down here in the. Uh, it's states. a little bit of an addiction. <laughs> yes, it's a very hard thing to understand yeah. from a Canadian perspective. Yeah, like well, I, it should be hard to understand. Yeah. But all that to say is that it's a problem if that's is is how you. It's a problem if you the masculinity and being a man that you teach to a man is like one way, the only way or the, what's the expression? My way or the highway? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Or it's restrictive to yourself or to others. So like if you tell a boy, like be a man, like be a womanizer, like woman will love you, like just be confident and get as much ass as you want. <laughs> and if you're the boy growing up and you think that's a great message because you're generally quite skilled at doing that you don't view that necessarily as harmful for yourself Hmm. but that is super harmful for others and so that's where the problem lies it's not in masculinity like like i'm not against i don't i haven't thought about this too much but i don't think i'm against saying be a man when i'm talking about be a mature man like be the mature masculine but i would also say to my daughter be a woman when i'm talking about the mature feminine um I don't see anything inherently wrong with that, but I I don't also, yeah, I don't know if I'll actually use those words just because there's so much loaded. Yeah, yeah. a lot of baggage. Yeah, yeah, I'll just avoid it at all costs. Why do we have to bring gender into it? Yeah. Um. So, wh- go ahead. Yeah. Oh, yes. So yeah. So let me. I have a couple things that I think would be very helpful. Yep. Um, practical things for our society and for parents because I think parents actually I know research shows that still the number one way that men and boys will grow up into men who are emotionally healthy and connected psychologically speaking are having positive older male role models yeah and so the dad has the first 
as the first line of defense or the first line of offense in the sense of having the, the chance to create a healthy example of masculinity, which is why I think for later generations or, or older generations to actually like, you don't, not everyone needs to go to counseling, but going to counseling is a great way to get connected to emotions. If you've never been brought up in um, knowing what emotions are right, so that you can teach your children. So that's a, so the first step to anything is becoming aware of it. I think important questions to ask yourself is what messages did you receive growing up about yourself or your gender? Um, was there some emotions I was not free to express? Are there still some I'm uncomfortable with expression with expressing and do I know why? Do I still believe them? Should I believe them? And how are my words and actions contributing to potentially harmful messages around gender? And so one thing that was really convicting for me as a teacher before I was a parent, I only I have one daughter right now, is the research that shows that the amount of time you spend as a teacher talking to boys in your class as opposed to talking with girls is quite disproportionate. So your teachers are more likely to, um, a couple things, teachers are more likely to allow boys to take up more linguistic space in the classroom. They're more likely to encourage boys when they get a question wrong in class. So like, oh, Jimmy, oh no, Candace Capital isn't Victoria, Uh, (laughs) but good try. Thank you very much. Um, whereas for females, the more likely to say like, oh, nope, wrong answer. Huh. And then move over to the next one. Hmm. And these are all like when you talk about sociology, like we're talking about the general in general, not the ex- uh, exceptions to the rule. And so it's really helpful. I find knowing what is generally the way that people respond to genders and then choosing to not operate in those and so um, a, c- a couple things is one, we need to become better at discourse around gender and sex. Um, we, as this is like, think of the states right now, we can't have any conversation. And I call ourselves we, because I think North America, Canadians, I feel quite connected to you guys. Um, Sorry in about terms that. Yeah, I was going to say, I apologize. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. We're, we're, not, our, we're would, not our best selves right if now. If you guys would invade really at any point, I'll <laughs> switch sides in about three seconds. So. We can't. We couldn't invade. <laughs> <laughs> but I think like we are in a culture that doesn't know how to disagree well. Right. And so like, like I hope that there's angry listeners. And to some extent, I hope they're not angry. I hope there's listeners that disagree with what I'm saying because not – Everyone, I'd be shocked if everyone did agree with what I was saying, and I would just like to disagree well. And so we need to learn how to discourse. Um, we need to learn how to not resort to, and not not let our lower parts of our brain <laughs> take power over our higher levels of functioning. That's great. And, and that's, that's literally all that's happening right now. Yeah. How many? How much of your audience is? Would you say is? Christian or in a Christian kind of background? Uh, I'd say a lot. A, a vast majority uh, is either Christian or formally Christian or somewhere uh, in between. Or that have strong opinions about it. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> either for or against. So 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 here's my here's a, a huge honest piece of advice. The research shows that the two things that prevent males from becoming emotionally connected the most are fear of femininity and fear of homosexuality. 
Hmm. So we need to stop being afraid of gays. Um, and that's not just unique to Christianity, but largely that is what Christians or the church is yeah. somewhat notorious yep. for. And so you need to, like, in order to stop being afraid, I'm not saying, like, I want to be clear, I am, um, I call myself an ally of the LGBTQ sure. community. Same. Yeah. But I don't think, like, I think people get their backs up because if you say don't be afraid of gays, they assume that you have to agree with what they're doing. And like I said, on my earlier point, we need to learn how to disagree better so that there's there's a room for disagreement without having to to lose your ability to treat human beings like human beings. Right. Yeah. And so to stop being afraid of gays, here's my helpful piece of advice, which people may or may not like. Um, we need we need to expose our brain to it because if you've been socialized, you will actually will your neural connections in your brain. You might have a disgust response when you see homosexuality um enacted in public or something like that yeah and i find i would say season two episode one of queer eye um i haven't solid, watched solid all the episodes but that is a solid episode um particularly for christians i would say um just because not that those five men on that show um embody that no one's perfect in embodying mature masculinity but i would say to a large extent that those guys are actually quite healthy in how they embody masculinity yeah. in a way more feminine way. But there's also diversity amongst those five gay men. Yeah. That's, uh, it helps you see that like, Oh, gay people aren't like a caricature. Yes. Right. And so, yeah, when you think about, if you think about, okay, that the fear of homosexuality, which has been ingrained in a lot of Christian cultures, if that's preventing males from getting more in touch with their com emotions and getting more in touch with a fuller sense of being healthy and uh, having healthy relationships with themselves and with other people. Um, yeah. Is it too much to ask to, to get rid of that fear that mm. exists? What are they going to do? Take you to brunch? Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, let's hope so. Let's hope. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> nothing I could use, use a margarita and, a, and some brunch. Give me a screwdriver, please. I also would highly recommend, I don't, I agree with most of this uh, documentary. I'd recommend, I'm not sure if you guys have seen The Mask You Live In. It's mm -hmm. on Netflix. At least it's on Canadian Netflix, but I'm, it's an American documentary. So The Mask You Live In, I think it gives the best description of People love watching TV, so it gives a good user-friendly experience of what's this whole issue about, what are some negative consequences, and how can we kind of help repair um, some damaging narratives of masculinity. Yeah. And if I can add one more thing. Absolutely. I would, actually, there's a couple, but I Go also think that talking about pornography uh, is a huge part of this as well. In Christian settings and not in Christian settings. And the reason for that, if you think back to the seven main tenets of traditional masculinity, um, one of them is objectifying women. Mm -hmm. yeah. And that's a huge aspect of pornography. But I do think that pornography is one of the largest symptoms of a culture, of our culture of immature masculinity. Mm -hmm. um, and I think we lack a lot of positive role models. Um and there's so much sexual shame around sexuality, around pornography. 
as well as I think older generations were very unprepared for technology. And I think all those things created a cesspool um, of probably primarily it started as millennials um, who who took into this culture uh, or to this addiction of pornography in a way that the world hadn't seen before. Because if you think about like my, my dad's generation, it's a significant, it's a paradigm shift to go from the amount of effort to look at <laughs> pornography yeah. in my dad's age is equivalent to the amount of effort to not look at pornography in our day and age. Yeah, mm-hmm. And that's a huge, profound shift. And like, I'm not going to talk about like feminist pornography and all of these other aspects of pornography, but I teach or I taught a social justice class. I called it taught it a couple of times. It's a grade 12 class. And I, I do a couple of days talking about pornography and it's a public school. And most students are generally when I, I ask them all at the very beginning, are you guys okay with like, what's your feelings on pornography? And they kind of giggle for the most part, but generally, <laughs> yeah, as you guys would too. As well. Absolutely. <laughs> without, a, without a doubt. <laughs> right on brand. <laughs> and most of them say that they're fine with it or they know that their boyfriend looks at it. They're, they're okay with a certain level of it or they're totally fine with all of it. That's the majority um, response. And, yeah, usually just it's a pretty heavy topic and it's not like I show anything explicit, but we just talk not, nothing about the morality of it. That's not even my major concern with talking about it, but just talking about um, the industry itself, about the harm and just awareness of the type of content that boys have access to. And I know yeah. girls look at pornography as well, but largely in my experience teaching in high school that by the end of these couple of days uh so many of these female so many of my female students realize holy crap i did not realize that pornography had all of this language associated with it like the yeah. dehumanizing language used against women is insane yeah. and disgusting and and yeah and so guys feel immense shame from this um, hopefully not for my class because I don't want it. I never want to shame my students. Um, but there's just so much sexual shame in our culture in general mm-hmm. in North America that's yeah. hard, hard to avoid. But I think we need to have a conversation about pornography. And um, I haven't talked much about my past, but I grew up um, in a church, grew up Christian, evangelical-ish. It's evangelical is just very different from evangelical in the States. Yeah. So it's kind of hard to have a comparison. Yeah. But generally speaking, yeah, there wasn't a good response to the issue of pornography or to talking about it. There wasn't anything consistent or, or healthy about it in my experience of, of any sort of intervention or any sort of like guys groups or accountability groups. Uh, yeah, nothing that actually, worked worked because there's this sense and this is my experience um in the church is that there's a sense there's a divide between christianity and christian healing and psychology and a lot of christian churches think that psychology is like man's power because christianity can be god's power (laughs) i'm not sure if you guys have come across that at all yeah Yeah. 
Okay. <laughs> and so one of the things about any addiction, and like any if not all addictions, are the result of isolation. And so, yes, the brain plays a role and like generally speaking, guys, hormones and chemicals are more visually stimulated by pornography than the average female's brain is. But realizing that the root of like viewing pornography as an addiction and having some psychoeducation about how do we prevent addictions rather than just, uh, yeah, I don't know what all of these accountability groups their, their attempts try to do, but generally it felt like the blind leading the blind for the most part. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah. In a very I real was way. in one of those. Yeah. I jerked off again this week. Oh, well, I guess try better next week. You killed again. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Killed a rat. Pretty much it. <laughs> yeah. Because no one knows what to do. Yeah. And that's points to the lack of older male mentors. And, and heaven forbid, maybe we actually have to learn from older female mentors as well, because maybe they're, yeah, I don't want to make that divide between the two, but there's mentorship to be had from both genders and all, all sexes. So, yeah. Um, what, I don't even know where to go from here. Um, where do we go from here? <laughs> what, uh, oh, sure. hey, are you guys all dads? Yes. Yes. Okay, so this the statistic, which I can't recall at the time, um, but the statistic of how many dads lack close friendships is insane, especially close friendships with males. And so I think the most significant thing as dads to do is to work on being emotionally vulnerable in front of your kids. Right. Um, and working on close friendships yourself, it is it's painful at times and it's, it's super exposing to be vulnerable with males, especially if you've never done that before and you expect it to almost be negative because you don't know how guys are going to respond if they're able to hold that space for you to be vulnerable or not. But you need to be, yeah, you need to be practicing your own stuff as well. Yeah. And one of the best ways to do that with your children is to be attuned to your child. And so let's say your child Let's say my daughter took the scissors and tried to put it into an outlet. And I take the scissors away from her and she's freaking out. That's happened before. <laughs> <laughs> and so an, an emotional in tuned response is like, oh, I like understanding, reflecting back the emotion that they are obviously exhibiting, which is anger, frustration, sadness. Oh, you're frustrated and sad. I took these scissors away from you. And that just introducing that little aspect is already starting to train their brain of the connection between their body's responses and a cognition of what their emotions they're experiencing are. So they know what their emotions are. At, like they start developing no, their knowledge about what emotions are. Because emotional intelligence is basically three things. Awareness of Want, understanding and aware of one's own emotions, understanding and aware of others' emotions, and then using that knowledge and understanding uh, to navigate interpersonal and intrapersonal relationships skillfully and with empathy. And so we need to start that at a very young age. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah. It sounds vaguely <laughs> like stuff that Hillary has told us too. It is. Yeah. yeah. 
Have so, you met well, Hillary McBride? <laughs> <laughs> hopefully, um, yeah, hopefully we'll have stuff that overlaps when we're talking about similar things. That's awesome. Yeah, you absolutely do. I mean, there's we've interviewed her five, six times at this I point. Even, I, six yeah. or seven. And it's, a lot of it just, you know, relationship from parent to child yeah. and things like that, how crucial that is, and just relationships in general sounds all very similar to what things she's told us. Yeah. I, if, if you don't mind, can we actually talk a bit about uh, church religion and masculinity? Oh, yeah, sure. yeah, 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 yes, yeah, absolutely. Man. So I guess, yeah, I know I, I initially told these guys um, that I'm talking to right now that I didn't know how much I wanted to talk about my own church background. <laughs> but We were prepared. But, All of our questions, <laughs> no personal questions. So, yeah, my... And I guess the reason for that is because I find myself in a, a very hard place to define spiritually. Sure. Yeah. Um, that's like so 90% of our listeners and <laughs> yeah. us. So. Yes. And I have, I have a friend who recently came out as bisexual and as well as in flux spiritually. I'm not sure. Agnostic is a term. Mystic is a term. Sure. I'm not yeah. sure exactly what term, but he said that coming out as bisexual and coming out as agnostic was a very similar experience. He actually think he was more scared about coming out as agnostic. So that was, <laughs> yeah, that was a very, a very eye opening. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. Okay. Um, but if we talk about masculinity and the church and I want to, I, I went to a Christian university, um, and so I've taken some RELS courses. I know I have s- some knowledge about the topic, but I do want to say that the talk, the stuff that I talk about church is less researched than the stuff I know about masculinity. Sure. But for me and my experience is that Christianity um, in many ways and religion in general has very strong messages about gender. Yeah. And the first one that how I, how it was taught to me and not, it wasn't taught to me all the time, but this was my main message. Let's start with the story of Adam and Eve with Adam and Eve. Eve's sin, how it was taught to me was listening to the snake and Adam's sin was essentially not controlling his wife Mm -hmm. and not being the leader in the relationship. That sounds familiar. Yeah. So, so from the very beginning, the role, like the sin of man was to not be in charge and lead. And I think there's some, like, I think a lot of people have a natural draw to masculine strength that is strong in leadership and assertiveness. And I think that's a great quality of, of masculinity. I think being a leader is a great quality, but not when you, not when you're trying to control people. I think Terry Crews said it best. Uh, do you guys know Terry Crews? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. I really like, I really like his, uh, his example, but he said, if he's one message to tell boys, it's, uh, you can't love and control people at the same time. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. And so in the same way, um, yeah, nothing's bad about leadership, um, skills, but when you're controlling your wife in that sense, um, or restricting her autonomy, and if she's not a partner in that, then I think that is harmful. And also another message from Adam and Eve that, um, I think speaks to masculinity is that um, Eve was created for Adam is 
and that like ownership, that sense of ownership yeah, of the female was created. Yes. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's kind of all of the, like, so that was one message. Um, also one thing that was actually, I am embarrassed to admit how recent this revelation is for me, <laughs> but the story of David and Bathsheba, do you guys know that one? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So I used to be a worship leader um same 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 <laughs> and i'm so sorry <laughs> no, I, no i i love singing i like i yeah i i love i love teamwork i love communal things as well what's your favorite um, chris tomlin song? <laughs> i was just gonna ask <laughs> i don't i don't know it's been a couple years since i've been here <laughs> Um, the new ones sound just like the other ones did (laughs) same four chords don't worry (laughs) yes um but i so i grew up like being on worship team ever since i was like grade six and people always compared me well not always my mom compared me to uh david in the sense of being like a psalmist like i I always loved writing songs i Mm -hmm. still love writing songs but like david was a, a man after God's own heart. And I like to think of myself growing up as being that as well. And so I had a lot of like, I felt like I had a brotherhood with David, so to speak, or at least I wanted them to be one. And even though he was flawed, like he had an affair and killed uh, Bathsheba's uh, husband, right? which is obviously a terrible thing. Because the Bible is written at a patriarchal society, there was things that are actually so significant that I overlooked. And that was just all the females autonomy in that story. And I've read a couple of, of, uh, I don't know how to describe it. I've read a couple of commentaries on that passage and both of them just assumed that Bathsheba got raped, um, by David because David like saw Bathsheba bathing naked on the roof and basically ordered his men to like, go get her. And so I will have have her. She I will have mine. And that's exactly how I like, talked to you. Yes. <laughs> yes. And yeah, just realizing, holy shit, did like I'd never looked at things from Bathsheba's perspective. And that ha- like growing up in Christianity, I very rarely viewed any Bible story from the female's perspective. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's super important. Um, oh, it's super important to do, especially knowing like, at university, I, I was told, what's the most important thing that you should uh, be told? What's the most important question you should ask about anything that you read? And he said that it's, what is its genre? And so the genre of that story and in a patriarchal society, what type of writing would be created? And I'm trying to look into that. And I just felt like Christianity in many ways just diminished the roles of of women or d- diminish the experiences of women. So I grew up not really knowing the female experience. Mm-hmm. I remember, oh yeah, this brings back another crazy story. I remember being engaged or married, um, and I know for your listeners who maybe aren't immersed in Christian culture, that a lot of people in Christianity, um, it's the ideal to be vir- virgins before marriage mm-hmm. or before you get married. And I did not know how many of my wife's friends or people that my wife knew that like the morning of their wedding, these women are crying because they're so scared to have sex that night for the first time. Same. And 
Yeah. And I, <laughs> is that like that's a genuine experience no, that you had? No, I I mean. Y- no, I'm not. I was a joke. I'm okay, I'm, I'm an asshole. I, I apologize. Okay. Well, that was that was a very vulnerable thing to say, and so I wanted to respond. All right. Thank oh, you. I was nervous. Yeah, I, I was definitely nervous. Yeah, I was more excited than than terrified, though. A little column A, a little column B. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there's um, a sex psychologist, I think, in Seattle region, um, who said that what they're seeing through the purity movement of people coming in for counseling. So the purity movement being like, yeah, yeah, basically like no sex education, no sex before marriage. And then expecting people just understand that their bodies are wonderful things and that sex is awesome. Although they've hated it their whole lives or been told it's terrible their whole lives. Um, they're finding that the people coming in from this purity background have the physical manifestations of people who suffer severe sexual trauma. Wow. Meaning like they can like yeah. penetration can actually happen for for years um because of of this disembodiment that happens yeah. between sexuality, the act and and the idea of two human beings bonding together that way. Yeah. I I, I know a couple that that was the case. I'm not gonna say their name. But um yeah, where penetration didn't happen. Mm. Didn't happen for a, for a very long time. Two kids in, so mm-hmm. wow. So yeah, just, yeah. Brad's like, huh? wait, what? Yeah, I'm, 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 <laughs> I'll, I'll explain. <laughs> okay, I was gonna say I'm trying to work out the science of that. Yeah. No, well, I, might, I may need a, a diagram. <laughs> I, I think I would probably do Hillary some justice, and my wife too as well, because she's a trauma therapist. Is that um, often? I know that uh, giving birth and not necessarily in the first birth, but that can actually be if it can actually bring up a lot of a traumatic past yeah. or or trigger a lot of things that you wouldn't expect that maybe they've lain lain dormant for a really long time. Um, and that and that childbirth, um, especially if the birthing process, the labor itself is very disempowering and you feel out of control and not in your body, it can give your body a sense or a feeling that could trigger a, like a rape feeling in that sense. Wow. Did that make sense? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's you can get Hillary on nuts. again and she wow. clarify. Yeah, we're probably that's... due. <laughs> probably do yeah. have her back on soon. Yeah. Um, and I think, oh yeah, I think most people tell me if you agree, view that the opposite of love is fear. Would you agree with that statement? Yep. Not sure if you've heard that commonly. I would agree with yeah, that. I agree. Yeah, yeah, I would absolutely. agree with that. Mm-hmm. And so, how I describe, like, why I'm in this, I wouldn't even say flux place. I'm just fairly content being in this flux place because I'm fairly content with uncertainty mm-hmm. about things. Is that in many ways, Christianity was a movement towards love and away from fear in lots of areas of my life. But then it became a point where Christianity actually created more fear and that mm. stepping out of that allowed me to move more into love and less into fear and it helped me to not put other people into a box nearly as much um i remember when i was a christian like i i would view everyone as non-christian or christian i had two friends named <laughs> ryan growing up and it'd be 
non-Christian Ryan and Christian <laughs> Ryan to help differentiate the two. And that's not health. That's dehumanizing. That's not healthy on any level. And so, um, so yeah, the movement towards love and away from fear, if, if fear of homosexuality and the fear of femininity, if, if like if churches are too afraid to have women pastors, and I know that can get a big theological discussion or, or people are yeah too afraid to view women as able to teach men or view women or view queer people as equally human. Um, and they're not able to see the humanness in that. Then I think that's, that's dangerous and you should, Oh, frick. I feel like I had a point there. I was going to send it home and then it just <laughs> totally knows that it happens. No worries, man. Generally to us about once or twice a week. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's all good stuff, man. Really? Um, man, I don't even really know where to go after that. I mean, it's, that's good. Yeah. I mean, I feel like we've just absolutely fire hosed people with information in like in a really good way. Sounds like <laughs> yeah, a reason I to have him back on at some point. Yeah, I think for so. sure. Yeah. Well, yeah. Cause I'm, I'm in Edinburgh for three years and I'm sure I'm going to learn a lot more during those three years because what I'm looking to do is I'm looking, um, I'm not sure if some other person doing their PhD is going to steal my idea. So maybe I'll be a bit. <laughs> yeah. A you, don't, you, you don't need to say anything. That's fine. But, but it's going to be for, awesome. <laughs> yes, but I'm looking for resiliency factors of boys able to make it through high school who who don't who basically embody as much of the mature masculine as possible. Huh. And there's there's a lack um, of that. And like think of probably for your own lives is that like generally most males that come to a a more balanced view of of emotions or more in touch with their emotions generally come by that later in life oh absolutely yep yep i know yep. that's it depends how old you think i am or if 28 is old or not i definitely feel that way but i this kind of came up because i see some of my students who i feel like are leaps ahead and i want to essentially learn from these boys who are able yeah. to maintain this and see what that is and so oh yeah we oh, this is i definitely want to actually touch on this because we i kind of critique christianity quite a bit and I do want to say that I, I'm curious to see what my research comes up with. But I also do think that Christianity does have a lot of healthy masculinity embedded in it as well. Yeah. And so if I can just speak to that as well. Um, because I do think that although I don't think that control, a man who controls um, is a great aspect of masculinity, but leadership qualities that I think the church does grow in men can be a very helpful thing about and the emphasis on being a family man um oriented um is someone who provides for their family um but my wife actually makes more money than i do so she <laughs> provides for our family like right. like they're they're healthy things and they're, they're not inherently wrong in themselves and the fact that lots of churches have guys groups that are at least trying to be emotional emotionally vulnerable to some certain extent i think has a very positive effect even if they're not the most educated on how they go about those emotional things um and i do think that jesus is a great role model yep. of someone yep. who is relationship based uh he was not afraid of any segment of society uh he was in how we might view as being having a lot of feminine traits 
he was a lot more in touch with his sensitive side as well as very assertive in his power. Mm -hmm. And so I think there's a lot in Christianity and in other religions as well that do have positive messages. And it's all kind of what you choose. It's partly what you choose to look at and what you've been taught to look at. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, there was a big movement. I don't even know if it's that big anymore, but here in the States for a while, kind of in the mid two thousands of, like be a man like Jesus type stuff, but oh, it was all, I've never heard that. Yeah. But it wasn't healthy. Like it was more like they only focused on shit. Like, you know, when he drives the money changers out of the temple, you know, that anger, uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, it was just all this weird shit of like, be a man. I think the intention was good. I think the, <sighs> the practical nature of it was really poorly executed. Yeah. I don't even know if the intention was all that good. I feel like the I don't intention know. was to make, Jesus walking hard ons and then like you know what I'm saying yeah, like that's, that maybe you're the head I, of the household I wasn't involved in any like, of that bullshit so I don't John I don't Eldridge it. horse shit um, <laughs> yeah yeah you got the reference too huh that, that yes another that wild me. at heart uh, graduate huh yeah I, yes <laughs> God I hated that book so much hated. I don't even actually to be honest I don't remember it all except I remember reading it like. Yeah, I like nature. I'm wild too. Or like that's—I don't remember anything more other than I know I don't agree with it. Yeah. <laughs> the message basically, you're not an actual man unless you kill a real dragon or something. That's about what I got from the whole from the whole thing. So unless you're yes. you know riding in and stealing your girl on a horse or some bullshit, and you was... need to always have the outlet, and you need to always have the opportunity yeah. to be a man. Yep. Yes, I yeah, I remember that. Um, oh. but this, yeah, but you just, the head of the household thing. Oh, I hate I'm, it. I hate it so much. I hate that so much too. And it reminds me of, um, cause my wife's a therapist. Um, and so therapists know other therapists that generally <laughs> how it goes. Um, but one, my wife's not a couples counselor, but we know people who are, and they have a lot of Christian clients that come in and they, talk about like or like you know how you do marriage counseling before you get married right and generally a lot of couples come in and say okay like how are we going to function together well like the man's going to be the leader the spiritual leader and the leader of the house and then so the counselor asks him what does that mean like what does that practically look like because it sounds like a fine idea what does that mean and when he gets clients to actually unpack that um this person said that most often they're quite confused of what it actually means. And it comes out really awkward. Like, so I guess that means that really important decisions the man makes and then kind of decisions that don't matter. The, the, the female makes yep, in the relationship. Right. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. And when you say it, when you say it like that, it's like, Holy crap, that's dumb. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Goodness, man. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Um, where can people find you online? So yeah, remasculate.org or my Instagram, re.masculate. But uh, yeah, can I, I don't know if you want to include, you can probably cut this out pretty quick, but can I just include um, a poem? Oh, sure. <laughs> okay. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. We're not cutting that shit. Okay. Are you kidding? We don't yeah. get poetry that often. Okay. Hillary sent us a song, not to put you on the spot, but. Uh, if you want to yeah. break out the guitar, we can. Because. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that for your listeners as well, that like 
that like okay i don't want people to write me off as oh this guy is just on the side like he's almost gay himself because I've, I've come about come by that feedback as well um but i think like a lot of my experience growing up with gender like i wasn't that aware of it growing up it, it didn't seem that harmful to me um and so i think it's important to end like on a positive note and so this this ends with what my current creed is on being a man it has a canadian reference but uh yeah, this we, is have, we have Canadian listeners. Maple syrup, I'm assuming. Is it maple syrup? No, it's about a beaver, famous... Beaver placenta? Have you ever heard of the Red Green Show? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. Oh, awesome. I've heard Okay. It. All right. So that's the, the TV show. So, yeah, here it goes. When I was a kid, my cousin and I discovered the manly way. Instead of walking on the sidewalk, we'd jump across the ditch and yell, This is the manly way encouraging and taunting the other to follow so that they can also prove their manliness. It was harmless fun. We were both pretty equal, and when one would take the manly way, the other was sure to follow. But I remember one time when our friend didn't take the manly way with us. He didn't want to climb the tree, even when we warned him that it's the manly way. And when he told us that his mouth hurt, which is why he couldn't climb the tree, we heard, I'm not man enough to take the manly way. And we felt better about ourselves by thinking less of him. But it was harmless. When I was 16, my best friend and I worked at a summer camp. One morning, a fellow counselor told us she had a weird dream. In her dream, we were a married couple, and one of us was pregnant with our child. But me and my best friend were both boys, and not gay. And the last thing we wanted, even in a dream, was to be the one with the child. Because then that would have meant we are even more girly. And when you're trying to be a man, girly just won't do. So that dream started a real-life competition about who was less feminine than the other. For the next eight years, when one of us would do something feminine, the other, would, the other one would say, See, he's more feminine than I am. It was an ongoing joke. I viewed the feminine like it was contagious, and the best way to protect against it was to find someone who had it more. People laughed. We laughed. So I guess that meant it was all harmless. When I became a high school teacher, it was tough at times to see how adolescents treat one another. The posturing, the insecurities, the hurt, their innocence changing to experience. But there is always so much light to witness in these kids as well. One of the brightest, they say you shouldn't have favorites, but he was mine, ended his life. I ran into him in the hallway earlier that day and asked how he was doing. He said stressed. I followed up a bit more, but since we were both late for class, we parted ways. I want to be clear. I have no idea if his gender played a role in his death, but here's what I do know. Conservatively, males are four times more likely to commit suicide, and that gender disproportion starts being evident around high school, which corresponds to the age when boys become less emotionally expressive. And psychological research is clear. The three most dangerous messages about masculinity given to males is to be emotionally stoic, be tough, and figure it out yourself. This is not harmless. I also learned that two of the greatest obstacles preventing males from becoming emotionally healthy is the fear of femininity and the fear of homosexuality. Both of these fears were present in the games I grew up playing. I also grew up watching a true Canadian TV show with a man named Red Green who would fix things with duct tape. At the end of each show, a group of men would cite this creed. I'm a man, but I can change. If I have to, I guess. Now that I'm older, I can't find the joke in it anymore. I hear it now as an honest reflection that change is hard, but still possible. My masculinity is still a journey, but here is what my current creed would sound like. 
I'm a man and I will seek growth to become aware of how what I do or how I think hurts people, others, those around me, or hurts myself. I'm a man and I'm enough to know that my strength lies in my ability to love. I'm a man and I will be open to change for my masculinity is not restrictive and doesn't keep femininity caged. Mm. Good. Nice. Amen. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I want to end on a positive note and I really want people to be okay with disagreeing with me. I just hope we can do it in a nice way. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) Awesome. Thanks again, Brendan. Yeah. It was awesome, dude. Post some links on, uh, on the, the podcast show notes as well. So people can click on that and go directly to it. So, Thank you so much for having me. Cool. No problem. Thanks, Thanks man. man. Now that we puked in your sea, you can tell us what you think. The five stars get red, but one star is dead. To us. To us. Feedback. <laughs> what you got, buddy? I don't have feedback. Do, do you have feedback? Four. Wow. Whoa. Well, crap. Okay. So, sort of. I happen to check Australia. Good day, mate. This one's from April 6, 2017. That's so, it's like amazing. 16 months old. Uh, Beck, I'm sorry. Uh, it's titled <laughs> Leaving the Swears Out of This Review by Beckeray15. This podcast is everything. You will get hooked in by the laughs, but also by the feels. Hi, Matt Gray. The pastors have established an amazing community in the pub via the podcast. You'll be running to Patreon to hand over your cash. Yes, do that. (laughs) Uh, They have given the support and space for the Twisted Sisters to get up. Do they have cash in in Australia? Are they (laughs) dealing kangaroo pelts? (laughs) I think it's just kangaroo pelts. I'm pretty sure the science checks out on Cuban wombat shit. (laughs) And both podcasts aim to provide decent... And hilarious conversation around the toughest and lightest parts of life. Whether you go to church or don't bother with God at all, this place is a safe place to question and muse over all the big stuff, like what to drink while listening. Come for the chat. Stay for the hashtag. Aw. Thanks, Beck. Sorry it took us 16 months to get around to this. Thanks, Beck. Beck, great. And this is from uh, across the pond in the UK. (laughs) Good day, mate. I I get a governor. Oh, yeah, governor. (laughs) God, we're terrible. <laughs> oh, man. Love your 116-year-old queen. Um, uh, it's called uh, Don't Let's listen. have some tea and strumpets. <laughs> All right, go ahead. <laughs> What's Ron Swanson say? Uh, revel in the fact that your overlord is a six-year-old child or something like that. <laughs> um, uh, don't listen to this podcast is what it's titled by Jordan Mook. 95. Oh, hey. If you're easily offended, don't listen to this podcast. Yeah. If you aren't open-minded, don't listen to this podcast. Yep. yep. If you don't like being dragged for five minutes during the feedback segment well, of the podcast, well, don't listen to this podcast or write a five-star review. Yeah, do leave a five-star review. Otherwise, listen to this podcast, which has real talk about life, spirituality, and all the things. Open-minded and honest debate about faith, doubt, and everything in between. It's also absolutely hilarious. Thanks, buddy. He's, in, Thanks, he's in America right now. Yeah, he is. America. <laughs> America. 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 Fuck yeah. Come on. Okay. Uh, this is uh, called Love You Guys by 
Be still and know. Oh, been, was... list, been listening for a month or so. Thank God. I played an epitode from. Oh my God. Oh man. It just won't it die. It just won't die. Won't I played an epitode for my guy and he said, hey, they drink, love Jesus, and cuss like us. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Yeah. This one's called Epitode 129 by Tammy1234. Never heard of her. Listen, bastards. Listen to me. Listen. There's even Listen. there's even clapping hands oh in the thing. God. Listen to me. Listen. 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 I love I love Listen. I love you. Uh, you nailed it with this one. You've created a Jesus parable in the pub. No pretense, just acceptance and love. Thank you. Turd named Tammy. Hashtag polish Billy's head. Hashtag straddle his bush. Well, mm. well, mm. there's that. Assuming Billy has a bush. <laughs> yes. The guy has mentioned this week, so. Yep. Has there been a fucking there week it is. he hasn't got know, mentioned? Too many. They're keeping track, too. You're you're welcome, Billy. And I'm not straddling your bush, so. You gonna rub his head? Or your bare floor, whichever the case may be. All right. Mr. Clean. Next. <laughs> All right. Are you done? He's done. All right. Feedback. Uh, top eight. <laughs> top eight, and it's like a bunch of repeats of the same people. So oh, slow neat. week. Slow week in Twitter this week. Slow week in Twitter. Yeah. Uh, number eight, Lynn at Swashbuckland. Hi, Lynn. A regular contributor on the top eight, <laughs> in case you're wondering. Yep. Uh, it's Thursday morning. Time to shut all the windows so I can crank up Pastor's podcast without worrying the neighbors. <laughs> I'm a knock on the door. You have that now? Bitch, you got that. Michael, stop. Oh, Jesus, Michael, stop. Dude, it's 930. Fucking hey, man. God. Jamie, number seven, Jamie Menzinger at Rickus Bobbus. Oh, yeah. At Pastor's Podcast, there is no buttered at Waffle House. It's scattered, covered, smothered, diced, chunked, capped. And I think that's it. Cap? Is that that mushrooms? Yeah. Yeah. Plenty of folks are buttered when they eat there. Hashtag drunken louts. Hashtag straddle his bush. Oh, my God. How is that not the hashtag? (laughs) Number six, Mike the Unbroken. What was the hashtag? Yeah, I don't know because nobody fucking used it. Um, everybody used everything else but... Oh, it was Straddle His Bush. Yeah, oh, was it? Yeah. Was. Okay. okay. Right. I thought that was it. Number six, Mike the Unbroken at Snuggle Toots. At Pastor's <laughs> Podcast, as I as much as I'm hashtag Team Josh, I still miss, miss hashtag The Real Michael. Aww. Hashtag Michael is dead to me. Hashtag Mr. Grundy Grundy Gooch Gooch has needs. Turn it off. God damn it. You, I'm starting to get angry. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Number God five. damn it, man. Lynn at Swashbuckland. Hi, Lynn. It's been a good week, so I think I'll just get hashtag shed spread this weekend instead of full on hashtag buttered. Thanks for the nuance you bring to my life, Pastor's Podcast. Shed spread's the way to go, man. Can't believe it's not buttered. <laughs> you don't get full buttered. Number four, Mike the Unbroken again at Snuggle Toots. <laughs> like three people it's yeah just wait uh <laughs> at pastor's podcast speaking of hashtag off-puttingly sweaty when is i am steve austin finally gonna be on on again who uh, yeah who'd you say her who'd you say uh, i am steve austin steve austin astronaut a man barely alive Can you stop, please, Michael? Thank that, you. that wasn't me. Yeah, I know. Other Michael. Uh, I love that oh guy and his free diving tips. Hashtag buy my book. <laughs> buy my book. Number three, Lynn. Hey, fuckers. At, at Swash. 
You get it. <laughs> Swashbuckling again. Uh, the Indiana <laughs> Department of Tourism should be paying the Pastors Podcast for yeah. single-handedly increasing tourism and projecting a positive public in- image for the entire state. We brought dozens of dollars to this state. We have. Yes. Oh, man. Air- Airbnbs in the Bloomington area are hot right now. <laughs> Number two, putting on the fits at jfitz432. Putting on the fits. All right. Uh, At Pastures Podcast, hashtag smells like stale yeast. The Jared Fogle story. (laughs) (laughs) Where's Lucas Allen? Hashtag straddle his bush. Hashtag shed spread. Hashtag full stick buttered. And number one. Uh, Nothing. All right. Laurel. I, I did miss Laurel last week. Yeah. I did too, a little bit, honestly. <laughs> no, I, I kind of did. Uh, Haley at Hales Noel getting mentioned on Pastor's Podcast in the sentence, Haley isn't one to let Bushmills go to waste, is honestly one of my finest moments. Sadly, I was not hashtag full buttered for this fine occasion. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, straight great. from the bottle, too. Yeah, she did. There's man. pictures. She housed that yeah. shit. There's pictures. Good All work. Right. Let's go to Smash Tags. All right. All right. We paid close attention and we wrote them all down. Now it's time to decide our hashtag. Hashtag, I'm watching Ann with an E. <laughs> hashtag, kick a car tire. Nice. Hashtag, the human truck nuts. <laughs> hashtag, trust falls. <laughs> hashtag, get as much ass as you want. What? Hashtag, what where was you... that from? Oh, that's right, for the interview. Hashtag, where are you going to... Uh, hashtag, what are they going to do? Take you to brunch? <laughs> hashtag, non-Christian Ryan. Yeah, by the way, when, when, <laughs> when uh, I was going to brunch, when everybody was here for the uh-huh. Quabby wedding, <laughs> I was about to leave, and Miles, my youngest, he's six, he goes, where are you going? I'm going to brunch. What's that? I said, it's breakfast for white people. <laughs> he said, <laughs> what? Never mind. Never mind. <laughs> Mandy was just shaking her head. God damn it. <laughs> it's true. Uh, hashtag non-Christian Ryan. Non-Christian Ryan. He's yeah. a he's Christian Ryan and non-Christian oh, Ryan. Oh, that's right. Hasht- hashtag shellac the ass matter. Ew. Uh, oh, God, no. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. That's, a, that's horrible. Horrible. <laughs> Hashtag deep throat a pickle. Ew. Uh, oh, God. Well, that's actually not bad, actually. Yeah. Hashtag, I'm not drinking the pussy beer. <laughs> <laughs> we draw, we have, that is the golden line. That's the golden on line. On this podcast. Pussy beer. Not about it. Not no. about it. I won't drink dick beer either, no. just for reference. I'm that, not, you know that's coming at some point. Uh, Literally coming at some point. <laughs> oh. Nice frothy head. <laughs> okay, that's that's it's a little. Oh God! The nose is a little nutty. It will yeah. be well. Yep, it's opiate pineapple first. <laughs> All right, is that it? <laughs> no. Uh, hashtag homeschool second grade. Fake news. Fake news. Hashtag the Chamber of Secrets. <laughs> Hashtag free Damien. <laughs> it needs to be a t-shirt. <laughs> free Damien. I love that one. 
<laughs> Let's see if we can start a Twitter uh, Twitter trend. Free <laughs> Damien. Oh my god. Oh man. I can't believe it only costs three hundred bucks to throw shit in seven eleven. That seems like a good bargain. <laughs> that bail feels a little low to me. I'm not gonna lie. Oh man. So so can we pay for the podcast money? <laughs> we bail him <laughs> bail Damien out. And then see if we can get an interview with him. <laughs> the podcast exclusive. It'll be called Throwing Your Shit for the Lord. That's the that's the episode title. All right, Brad, what do you got? Uh, hashtag talk about machinery. Hashtag. <laughs> it was from the interview. He said his, he'd go out with his uncles and stuff. Oh, and talk, about, talk machinery. about machinery. Hashtag kick the tires. Hashtag smashed a rat with a rock. <laughs> hashtag. I beat a bird with a sledgehammer once. Really? Yeah, we had like a sticky thing to catch mice with, oh, and the bird got stuck yeah. to it. There was I tried to get it off there, yeah. there's no way to get it off, so no, I just that's, that's, I turned really it killed. upside down on the grass and just hit it with a sledgehammer. Oh, yeah, that's a bad feeling. It was awful. Yikes. Oh, it was awful. Uh, hashtag not as deep in the bush. <laughs> I honestly have no idea what that's in what's, reference to. What's the point? <laughs> hashtag the special chips. Hashtag full pickle squirting ranch. Oh, God. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> that was a Michael special. Yep. Hashtag. Really, I think we can source these pretty easily. <laughs> Hashtag inside the chamber of secrets. <laughs> Hashtag I know what a vagina tastes like. <laughs> you didn't think it was funny then. I don't know. I, I, don't know, Michael. I don't know, Michael. I felt something. Oh, is it love? I know what an erection feels, feels like, Michael. Michael. Uh, hashtag breakfast for white people. Yeah. Hashtag nice frothy head. <laughs> and then hashtag let's hope he ate pineapple first. <laughs> Some late entries. Yeah. There are a few late entries. All right. I, God, what do you have? I've got uh, deep in the bush. <laughs> um, I've got special chips. Hashtag a little bit of the batter. What, oh what was special <laughs> chips in relation to? <laughs> what, what do you call these? Just special oh, chips. Right. Uh, <laughs> swab the inside of the Chamber of Secrets. <laughs> that one just got better as it went around the table. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> there, was a, there was a definite progression there. really there. was. Mm-hmm. Uh, five inches in diameter. <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, the donk TM. <laughs> yep. Same. No. Can't. No, you're not. <laughs> no. Mainly because Beth isn't walking around like she just got off a horse. <laughs> so, no, you're not. Go. <laughs> uh, I'm just going to contain myself. <laughs> All right. Uh, palpable angry Matt. <laughs> uh, kangaroo pelts. Palpable angry Matt. Quit fucking... chewing in the microphone. God damn it. Uh, Ooh, stop. Uh, gross. God. Says the guy who fucking burps every goddamn week. For Not on the podcast. Episodes. Oh, my God. There he is. Oh. Fire him up, old faithful. So many fucking lies, <laughs> man. Faithful. That needs to be the hashtag. <laughs> He's going to blow. Uh, hashtag, hashtag, that's a good inflated tire. <laughs> Hashtag Donald Trump is truck nuts. And hashtag nice frothy head. Oh, man.
<laughs> I don't know. What do you got? I like palpable angry man. <laughs> it is palpable. <laughs> he doesn't like it, so I, I'm, I'm saying not doing it, it. I'm saying it just just for that reaction that I got right there. <laughs> I like free Damien. I do like free I, Damien. I think it has to be. That. It's got to be free. You don't want to do five inches in diameter. <laughs> or I'm not drinking the pussy beer. No. <laughs> How about deep throat of pickle? Oh, Full man. pickle squirting ranch. <laughs> I think it's free Damien. Yeah. It's got to be free I Damien. I think that's probably the winner. Spell yeah, Damien for our listeners who won't use it. <laughs> meaning for our listeners, meaning for Michael. It's D-A-M-I-A-N, right? Or is that, that, there's that homeschool. Or does he spell it with an E or an A? There's that homeschool just, education. I think he spelled it. Through. Fuck I was, you. I would say just Number A-E-N. <laughs> there's the reaction we're looking for. There's the reaction we're looking for. Why are you making that voice? God. It's offensive, man. It's offensive. Jeez. <laughs> Can we end this, please, so I can go the fuck home? Yeah. Please. D-A-M. I am imploring you. I-E-N. He did it I-E-N in the article? I don't have the story, Michael. Okay. Please. Smash, smash this podcast Maybe. on the head like a rat. <laughs> please. Yeah, seriously. Aren't you oh. going to do closing time? Oh, yeah. <laughs> God, you were gone well, for one week, man. Well, you're, you guys are getting me all flustered. Damn it. <laughs> Guys, do the things. You all know what to do. Go to our website, Glorious Pastards. We're on Twitter at Pastards Podcast. Yeah. No, I'm not on there. I'm not on there. All right. You can at me at Polynesian. Yeah, I, 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 I won't see you. I'll get it once a week. Yeah, he so. doesn't like to go wade through the pedo mat hashtags. Um, <laughs> Facebook.com slash Pastors Podcast. Instagram. Uh, subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts. Check out our website, GloriousPastards.com. Um, yeah. Go to patreon.com slash pastors podcast. Yeah. It'll be good times. All right. Get in the pub. It's fun. Get in the pub. It's good for you. Twisted Sisters. Check them out. Who? Her? Twisted Sisters. Becky. Them? Spell. Her? Callie. Adams. Them? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. What's that face? Why are you making that face, Michael? I'm looking for things. What do you Oh, God. What's he looking? I don't even want to I, know. It's, he's going to mash no, his I'm soundboard. I'm not doing anything. I've already shut mine off. Just shut your soundboard we down. We have a plan. We had a plan for this. We did? At the very beginning. Oh, we did. Oh, yeah. yeah. God. Job's not on board. What are we doing, Michael? Ten, nine, eight, <laughs> it's back, seven, six, one time only. Five, four, Special occasion. Three, two, one. Meatus! You know who you are. Go lift some fucking weights or whatever. <laughs> <laughs>